All right. Hello. We're back. I forgot. We're back. <laughs> we are back. It has been a month since you have heard us. It's been oh, a week yeah. since we recorded. Yep. So I'm going to talk to y'all like we've been here the whole time. I hope y'all had a great month though. My name is yeah. Alita. My name's Miranda. And together we make up the sidekicks. Bow, 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 bow. Christmas edition. Anyway. Jingle bells, Batman smells. <laughs> yes. Robin laid an egg. We are back in action. It should be December. Let's go. What are we starting off with, Miranda? The greatest gift of all? Kingdom Come by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly what we're talking about. And it was, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm jumping the gun because I had a good time. Um, it's fun. It's a fun book. Have you read this before, Miranda? Why golly gee willikers, I sure have. I've read it multiple times. This is one of oh. my favorite books. Um, <laughs> I, do you want to know the story of how I read it? Yes. Okay. I always want to know your origin stories. <laughs> I have so many origin stories. I'm just, <laughs> it's gonna, I'm going to make a comic book someday. It's just going to be me reading different comics the most meta <laughs> yes okay but oh so- actually sorry i'm gonna interrupt you. <laughs> oh go ahead so we're starting december and i don't know if we've announced it on social media yet but we're doing a theme this month what is our theme how comic books engage with fandom and this was curated by miranda and her beautiful yes. brain so she lost her mind i think in the daredevil episode and i knew nothing about fan fiction <laughs> so. it's just very different from my worldview and we're, i needed a moment to readjust <laughs> we are correcting it oh no it's no shade it was just funny um never forget everyone so we're course correcting my life now <laughs> we're doing how fans interact with comic books and how comic books interact with fans and how that's all intertwined now um and that's how we got to kingdom come so now we can go ahead and talk about first impressions or however many times you've read this impressions and we're back to Miranda's origin story <laughs> yes so uh picture this I am between the ages of 12 and 13 I have the flu oh no <laughs> uh <laughs> I, like many children on the cusp between millennial and Gen Z, I have two working parents. So I get sent to my grandparents' house to be sick on their couch instead of my own. My dad is not a heartless monster, so he sends me some entertainment. He sends me with, like, I think there was like six comic books. There was a Green Lantern in there. There was I Kill Giants. Okay. And there was Kingdom Come. Nice. I read this on a fever. Honestly, it reads a little bit like a fever dream. <laughs> it is. It made perfect sense. Okay, like, like, I know exactly what the prophet is talking about. <laughs> I am the prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the specter? The specter is me. It is I. Yeah. Miranda. The specter. <laughs> we yeah. went back to middle school and we're like, these dumb bitches don't even know what's happening in the world. <laughs> I, I probably did. I was very... Yeah. I, I have uh, that hyperfixation thing of sometimes I have a one track mind and I only talk about one subject and that subject yeah. was kingdom come. There you go. <laughs> I can only imagine little Miranda somehow gets a shirt with kingdom come on it and wears it once a week 
and I, just like <laughs> I read this literary graphic novel at the age of 13 you guys are idiots <laughs> uh, so uh hold on just a tick let me get something mm-hmm. Bam. bro what the fuck yeah okay, Miranda has bam on the screen a kingdom come action figure it's Wonder Woman that is so cool how long have you had that um, did you just get that no uh i'm pretty sure i got this for christmas of the year that i read kingdom come that is so sick dude that's awesome whoa i want to get that in your living room because you grabbed that really quickly okay (laughs) it's uh it is it is sitting on my bookshelf that i record in front of for tiktok ah that's so cool did your dad get you that (laughs) yes yes he did he did there is uh there's one that is for um dick grayson's red robin that i want to find mm-hmm. but i'm having trouble yeah well it's difficult with some of the action figures yes yes so what about you is this your first time reading it oh uh yeah it was i have definitely seen the front page a lot not the front page with the t- the cover a yeah. lot like the <laughs> the group pictures yeah the group's pics i've seen it like as a <laughs> the class photos the class photos the facebook group pic it's titled high school reunion uh, <laughs> but i <laughs> god <laughs> justice league 20 year reunion awful i don't want to attend uh they made you pay for your ticket anyway uh, what don't even get me started oh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there on the podcast anyway okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't always waste good folks' times, but we, as in me, myself, and I have definitely seen that flyer or that poster everywhere. And I think when it came out, I was definitely little. So like in the 2000s is when I kind of like saw, saw it more because it probably gained popularity and then they're like, oh, we could sell stuff. And then I would see more of it, but I never read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I was a little scary because I was like oh my god I don't know if I, I started reading this like Friday night <laughs> and I was like I might not finish this but surprisingly it was a very quick read it's just really pretty so mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that but yeah it was my first time and I'm happy I, I finally read it yay but yeah I'm glad I, I always like it when like I can share one that you know is really deep to me yeah yeah it's fun it's kind of like here's what makes me me <laughs> this has influenced <laughs> me in a lot of ways Yes, that's true. But yeah, so this episode might get a little chaotic because there's a lot of cover. There is a lot to cover. I forgot that this was not a very wordy comic mm-hmm. and that a lot of the information of what's happening in it is kind of metatextual. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah, it is today. <laughs> it's today. We'll make it the right word. Yes, it will. That's going to be the, the title. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Come. Metatextual. What's up? Let's go. <laughs> yes. So anyway, um, Kingdom Come was a four comic limited series. Um, it is an Elseworld book, which is basically DC's answer to Marvel's what ifs. Okay. It was originally published in 1996. The compilation came out in 1997. And we talked a lot in our The Dark Knight Returns about how that was Frank Miller's baby. Yeah. Well, this was Alex Ross's baby. Yes. And he was basically, he wrote a giant comic book for Marvel called Marvel, which is just kind of like 
it used like every single character and it was a giant like story and it was kind of this whole contemplation on like the marvel brand Mm -hmm. and he wanted to do the same thing for dc Mm-hmm. So he drafted out like this entire plot and he had like this whole big idea because he wanted to use like DC's entire cast of characters. Mm-hmm. And then he brought it to them and they looked at it and they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And, but they were like, um, you know, Alex, buddy, like you, you love comic books. You clearly love comic books, but I don't know if you have like, but I don't know if you necessarily like have the beat, the beat on like all of these DC characters. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, we got a guy, we got a writer guy, uh, Mr. Marky Mark, who has read yeah. every single Superman and Batman book ever made. Right. Maybe you guys should work together. He's like, he's like our guy. He is right. Re- he knows our history. And so these two came together. And what I can only imagine was like Captain Planet. Unite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To form this comic book, which is a is a love letter to mm-hmm. DC. It's a joy to read because there's definitely like you can get personally, I believe that the audience can get out mm-hmm. of the work what you put into the work. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like honestly, it's like the two super nerds, two mm-hmm. people who are so invested in this fictionalized world just came together and pulled all the best parts of comic books and really like deep questions that naturally come if you're just like a regular person which we all are so Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where it answers questions or it asks questions it poses questions that a regular reader would pose I think Mm -hmm. and they do answer in the most like DC way (laughs) Um, and it's it's what it is like it's there's no question about this being a comic book there's big fights everyone's Mm -hmm. involved there's tension between the two characters which Mm -hmm. is well really all the characters but my favorite and what I focused on was Batman and Superman because I I love Batman (laughs) but um we're a simple people (laughs) I am a simple people I am just like fucking love him I got the screenshots ready for the post because I was like look at this face over superman um but it it does like bring out the best it's like a who's who of comics is in this and then Mm -hmm. also like they really put out the best energy when it comes to like dc and what dc struggles with and what it's about yeah um yeah i really really loved it it's as you said like a love letter to comics and particularly dc comics because it sounded like from what I read, Alex Ross basically wrote like an epic and mm-hmm. then they're like, great. Mark Wade knows everything. So we're just gonna <laughs> put you guys together. And then I think Mark Wade is probably more succinct in writing. So they mm-hmm. probably put him together for that reason as well. Oh gosh. <laughs> I haven't Alex read Ross Alex- wanna be did Alex Ross wanna be a director too? Maybe. Honestly, he has the artwork to back it. I don't give a fuck. I will right. look at these panels all day. It is so beautiful. It is such a pretty book. And I think that also adds to it because like, I really like The Watchmen because that was the one that I read. I didn't mm-hmm. read this one. I read Watchmen. And Watchmen has like a pretty typical comic book style to it, the way it's drawn and shaded and all those things. And I think that holds its own beauty in that in that mm-hmm. book. But we're not talking about Watchmen. We're talking about Kingdom Come. Kingdom yeah. Come is going to work in art. <laughs> this thing is so pretty. Every fucking panel 
is a painting. There's no literally, oh, gonna... literally, it's a painting. Yeah, it is. It, it did this in gouache. That is insane to me. That is so much work. It's so much work, and everything's pers- like the perspective is good, the coloring is great, mm-hmm. the emotions that come through is amazing, the movement that we see, the faces that we see. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I could go on all day about that. It's amazing. Like it, Alex Ross is one of my dad's favorite artists. Yeah, honestly, and makes sense. <laughs> he does like this hyper realistic style in gouache. Like imagine that. Imagine mm-hmm. in this era where like a lot of where, where like a lot of art is done on tablets, which is still like amazing and it's still hard work, but it's like, it's so much easier to correct mistakes on a tablet. Oh, absolutely. Imagine painting in gouache. Like I, no, as an I artist, I, I hate gouache. Like I don't, like I don't, gouache can be very pretty and it can be very successful, but it's so temperamental. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, It is. it's not forgiving. It's a difficult medium and mm-hmm. it's not, I don't want to say it's not for beginners because beginners should try whatever they want, but it yeah. is definitely like, you know, at Michael's, they have like level one artists, level two artists, level yeah. three artists. That's what it's a level three. Yeah. <laughs> like definitely you have to work with it. You have to under, you really need to understand the medium and how everything affects that medium. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I do digital drawings and yeah, absolutely. The transition from tra- for to excuse me, the transition from t- traditional art to digital art is very difficult because it's not organic what you're working with, but mm-hmm. you can just do like double tap and it undo- and undoes it, undoes it. I was doing something with traditional, I've been like kind of like floating back to traditional just because like I enjoy it. It's some, there's something about having the materials and like going through that entire process, but yeah, no, you fuck it up, you fuck it up. <laughs> you're just like, okay, well, how can I hide it? Or like, how can I make it work with the composition now? There's a lot that like goes into it. Mm-hmm. And I just know that this man spent time blocking out things, working on background, working on foreground, working on like this glow that he's able to captivate. Because mm-hmm. a lot, it's if you went to the movies and watched Dune, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very much like Dune. Like if you want, if this ever gets produced, I hope it doesn't because I think it's good the way it is. But yeah. If it ever gets taken to that, it would be like Dune where you get like these really intense sun flare moments. Mm-hmm. And that's how it translates what's happening in the thing. What the hell? That is so hard to do. To do any glowing effect to me is mm-hmm. like next level. And he does it like every other page. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah. Because no, like it's so, there's so much light in this book. Like yeah. there's, there's so much light. There's so much detail. They're constantly like they're in daylight. There's light hitting them constantly. They are shiny because they have, they're sweaty because they're superheroes. It's, it's, they glow from within. It's, it's amazing. So good. You like the fur, the title page, not to say the cover of it mm-hmm. is like Spectre right in the middle. Yeah. And he's, this is where I'm just going to describe it. I'll put a picture up on the Instagram, but what we see is like, he is in essence, a dark figure. So he's like grayish, a gray, black cape, black pants. He's cloaked. He has a cow, a cowl on him. Mm-hmm. We don't see his eyes, but the way that he's able to work with the medium makes it look like there's a spotlight hitting him in a way that doesn't look cartoonish, which is really impressive to me because that shit's hard, dude. It's values. Like that's hard value work. <laughs> and it's basically watercolor. Like what? Right? what yeah it's 
amazing. I'm telling you, I could talk about this all motherfucking day. And guess what? We're going to talk about it for about two hours. <laughs> so buckle in, y'all. <laughs> this is your life now. This, this is, is, your this life. is where we're at. <laughs> Just know we're in it. Mm-hmm. And we're excited. So we're going to talk for a while, probably. So excited. Can I, um, can I talk real fast about why, like what the theme of this particular week is in our month of fan of comic books and fandom? Absolutely. Go ahead. So the theme of this week was institutional critique. And that is, uh, as, as an art historian, institutional critique is one of my favorite forms of art Mm -hmm. because it is all about looking at the it's all about like being meta. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like yeah. it's, it is all about being meta. It's about looking at the industry that you are working in and the, and what, where your art is going and having something to say about that. Yeah. The most famous form of comic book institutional critique is Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But I think Kingdom Come is the more successful form because Kingdom Come criticizes the industry it criticizes the genre it criticizes the concept of superheroes but it comes back with but it ends hopeful it ends with hope it ends with like these are problems but that doesn't mean we need to throw it all away mm-hmm. i think um, watchman is more like nihilistic right like it's yeah. more like well it sucks to be alive but we're alive <laughs> anyway which hits man when you're like a young adult or like a young person and like i read that as a teenager so i was just like yeah dude like this shit does suck like i have to go to school but mine was like a very small thing it's just like a lot of mm-hmm. i think watchmen kind of looks at more systemic problems that happens because it's you're seeing it between person and like superhero right and this one's like more strictly superhero i would say until we see like at the end when a decision needs to be made although we are seeing it through um the prophet we're seeing it through the lens of humanity of uh, yeah mckay norman mckay but even then like he's a religious person so he's gonna have faith and he's gonna be like hopeful i think like there's moments where it's questioned i believe but like watchman is more like a regular person who's not necessarily super Mm-hmm. religious you're just kind of going through it there is like some doom and gloom from like the from christianity but it's kind of like you see it and not see it and see it it's woven in in a different way yeah as opposed to this one where it's strictly like you are walking with norman and you're gonna listen to what he has to say and you're gonna mm-hmm. hear his sermon mm-hmm. and we're gonna have the same questions that he has you know and that's i think a really intelligent way of like putting the audience within the comment yeah I, I think it's absolutely brilliant because it it is a take on superheroes. Like like I think most institutional critique of comic books is going to be what would superheroes mean for real life? Mm-hmm. Like that yes. is what the genre is going mm-hmm. to look like mm-hmm. for the most part. But most of them kind of come up with this conclusion of like, well, it would be hell on earth. Yeah. This one, I think, comes to a different conclusion of rather than looking at it being like, it's going to be hell on earth. It's going to be like, no, these are, these are people making people decisions. Hell is, hell is, uh, if hell is other people, then likewise people can choose to, can choose to make something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think like that is, that it, I, as a, like I, as a teenager found that very empowering and I, as an adult still find that very empowering. This idea that these systems might be like the, these systems are corruptible but if they are corruptible because people are corruptible, then they're also salvageable because people are salvageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even so. Superman. Yeah. Even. God, I fucking hate Superman. Uh, he's so. 
Oh, let's get into this book. We'll talk about it as we go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, pro- uh, well, yes, go ahead. One more thing. Um, yes. This is an institutional critique. It critiques superheroes, but it also um, is a response to the to the history of comic books. Mm-hmm. So uh, Golden Age, obviously, that's the rise of comic books, the rise of the superhero comic book. Um, that's when we have Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, you know, fighting the good fight, all that. Uh, the Silver Age becomes more focused on um, the Silver Age begins with the introduction of the Flash, and it's much more focused on like space age and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But it also is heavily influenced by the Comic Code of Authority, and so it's all very it's moralistic. The good the good guys are the good guys, the bad guys are the bad guys, and we're all working towards a brighter future together. And then the Bronze Age happens, and I believe the Bronze Age is kicked off by the death of Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked about. Check the backlog. Yeah, Spider Man Blue. It's uh, you don't you don't think about how much comics reference each other until like you start a podcast where you read them professionally, and then they all talk about each other as if we are the Real Housewives, the Real house, <laughs> Housewives, and they all go remember that one time that happened. Right. We do too. Let's talk about it for a whole episode. <laughs> Oh my God. We're Andy Cohen. Oh no, I don't want to be Andy. <laughs> We're Andy. We're Andy and the comic books are our housewives. I reject this reality. <laughs> uh, but but yes, that is the that is the analogy. <laughs> yep. Yep. So like the Bronze Age is notable for using like these golden and these silver age heroes and t- giving them darker storylines and starting to like the good guys are still the good guys, but we're dealing with a lot more society questions about society. That's when um, they start to, I mean, they don't start to, it's the comic code loosens. And so they're able to talk about like social unrest and um, civil inequalities and social issues, like the rise in drug use. And so like you start getting like these darker bends and then in 1984 slash 1985, um, Fucking Frank Miller, man. <laughs> you Fucking know Frank funny? Miller. <laughs> I follow um, Jim Lee mm-hmm. on Instagram, and he posted Frank recently. He did? On his story. Yeah, because they were at New York Comic Con. Yeah, okay. Frank looks the same, dude. <laughs> he does! <laughs> like, he has so funny. Changed. Yeah. It was just funny. I was like, motherfucking Frank. Show him back up. Let's go. Live your best life. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so um, Frank Miller and Alan Moore were writing, and they basically took them and it was like, what if the good guys were super shitty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's our modern era of comic books where I think right now we're starting to see a shift into a new era. Yes. With, in terms of like how superheroes and comic books are thought about and how they're written. Yeah. But the modern era, the quote unquote modern era, God, this is gonna be the postmodern era. God damn it. Yeah. I hate it. We're living through history, isn't that crazy? We are. <laughs> uh, okay, but like the modern era was characterized by the rise of anti-heroes and yeah. the moral dubiousness of superheroes. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, oh man, reading Batman in the two thousands, he was a real shitty person. Like, yeah, it was a time. It was a time. Yeah, <laughs> I think what ends up happening is that you see. Mm-hmm. um usually the way I've noticed in like pop culture is that there's yeah. like really great works that happen so we get really really good ones we get 
I think it's like the golden age, then the bronze age. And the bronze mm-hmm. age, we start to see experiments with like real life, real, real life problems versus like <laughs> an evil villain that's like contriving something, right? But like yeah. you said, drug use or mostly drug use. I think that's like the biggest one that I can think of. But I mean, drug use, racism, like, yes, the women's societal, movement. Yeah. More societal, real world problems. And you see like a playing with it. Mm-hmm. And then we see like Alan Moore or Frank Miller pop up and then they kind of take all those ideas that were coming as they were growing up and their ideas and put it together and make really great works. Exactly. Um, or I mean, Frank, really great works, right? Like if we look at it now, it's kind of different, but they come in and make mm-hmm. revolutionary works in their point of time. Mm-hmm. And when we see that, we see that the sales go up and this is like the beast of capitalism, right? So like we see really good like literary works and then 60 copycats. Mm-hmm. And then from the copycats, we kind of see people fumble a lot. And I would just say that's like the late 90s to the 2000s of comic books where it's just yeah. like, well, we know that super, we know that audiences like that anti-hero-ish, like they like being able to relate to a character because if we make them kind of shitty then people will kind of relate to them but then they make them too shitty and yeah. they're just like no you're not relatable like I don't want to be like that Batman like I can understand like questioning myself and not being super confident in myself and what I'm doing but I don't want to think about like being a terrible parent or whatever it is right um because I mean like he's not he says it in this fucking book mm-hmm. he's like want to have a good track record you know yeah. Dude, um, and in this book he only has like one and a half kids right in real life he's got like eight right and so it's difficult to either although i do think parents can relate to that it's like you don't want to be that mm-hmm. and with i think we're seeing a shift now again where it's like well we want people to want to be like heroes so we mm-hmm. need to make them more heroic and it's becoming more fun to watch and to participate in again yeah i think personally yeah, no, I think it's like we're, I I think we're starting to see a shift of instead of having, because like part of this is like, it's not just anti-heroes and like having your heroes be like dubious, dubious morality. It was also these really grand morality bending conflicts, like civil war as stupid as we think it is. Well, as stupid as I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, civil war, I do remember you being, yeah, not liking it. <laughs> yeah, but like you start having like these, these grand battles and you start having like these really shitty things that happen, but it's just to happen to shock the reader. Yes. Because like you, you're starting to get a, the readers are growing up in the silver age is really when like comic books are starting to be marketed towards adults or not silver in the bronze age is when the comic books are really starting to be marketed towards like this understanding that adults who were children reading it in the silver age are growing up and they still want to read it. Yeah. And so like, that's where the focus is being aimed at. And then these adults are like, all right, well, we're seeing them tackle like real world issues, but now like we're getting even older and we're becoming jaded. And so we want the superheroes to become jaded. And that's what like the modern era is characterized by is it's like these very, these jaded heroes, these heroes who have to make these really tough decisions, tough decisions, (laughs) you know, and there's a lot of collateral damage. you're fine you're fine i i have strong opinions but 
this was written by someone by like Alex Ross who loves comic books and who understands the history of them. And he's looking at it and he's being like, okay, like think what this book is trying to say is it's trying to, it's trying to say like, yes, you can have like the modern era can happen. The bronze age can happen. The bronze age is like probably really good for comic books, but you have to remember that like at some, on some level, these people have to at the very least want to do good. Yeah. That's what makes a hero. Right. Yeah. And I think they tackle that very well, as you said. Like, uh, this is this is considered one of, like, DC's greatest works that comes out of it for many reasons. Obviously, we've discussed some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep talking about it as we, like, review the book. But, yeah. Any other? Yeah. I That was just, that was just the stuff I wanted to get out of the way. The context leading into. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so I right. I'm going <laughs> to warn you. I'm gonna be really fucking annoying. No, <laughs> no, I am because again, I I read this 12, 13. I I completely forgot that a lot of what's happening in it relies upon like further knowledge than just as just was presented in this book. Yes. And um I did a lot of research, not now, not now as an adult, like when I was 12 and 13, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was happening in this book and who all these people were and what the the context behind it was. And so now I'm insufferable. Good thing we have a podcast. (laughs) So I'm going to let you take the lead on the, like, I guess what I usually do. I don't know what, but we'll go ahead and go through it because you're more obviously uh, familiar with the work. So, all right, let's hop into it. Yeah, this is four (laughs) issues. We're going to start with chapter one. Let's go. Strange visitor. And the opening panel is the specter and then all of the these new age heroes. Mm -hmm. I don't mean new age like they're crunchy. I mean, new age in terms of like, (laughs) these are the people that have arisen because it's you don't mean woo woo new age? No, no, they're not crunchy. <laughs> they're definitely not crunchy. They're like these, the these are the Gen Xers. Yeah. Or not Gen Xers. These are the. They I guess wouldn't it, be Gen X. No, these would be Gen Z, I think. For us? Yeah, I think this is. Or set in the time they were born. This is supposed to be. This is set like. Um, 20 years in the future? Yeah, this is set like 20 years so, in the yeah. future. So, like, this is supposed to be, I think, like 2020s. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. See, good thing Miranda's on the podcast. I didn't know that. So yeah, the Gen Z's, what's up? Y'all represented in this, just so you know. (laughs) These are the millennials and the Gen Z, and they are chaotic. Ruining things. Honestly, it tracks. (laughs) As illustrated by this podcast. Mm. Okay. So yes, keep going. We open up on our very first panel. It is a full screen painting of Uh, an American eagle fighting a shadow bat monster. I love it. (laughs) It's on the nose. I'm going to scream the whole show. (laughs) It is hitting us on the head with the symbolism. Telling you exactly what the symbols are. And over it, we see like, I think it's like scripture. I'm not that familiar with scripture. I'm going to tell you right now, but it reads like scripture. (laughs) It's the the reason it all reads the scripture is because it is. It It is, is, right? um, Because like, again, our point of view is Norman McKay, who is a pastor. I don't know what kind of pastor he is. I I don't uh, understand Christianity. Christian, just, just Christian. They don't they don't divide if it's like Lutheran yeah. or yeah other ones, <laughs> Presbyterian, but, Seventh Day. They don't say that. It's just he's a Christian pastor. Yeah, this is. But basically, because our point of view is Norman uh, Norman McKay, who is a pastor and who is 
has been afflicted. I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say afflicted. I'm going to make the brave choice to call it that. Okay. <laughs> with, <laughs> with prophetic visions of what is to come of like the chaos and the disorder that is to come. And so he's translating it through his own worldview. And so it's coming out as I believe the book of revelation. Is that the one? That's the doom and gloom one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, it's coming out like in the language of the book of revelation. <laughs> the doom and gloom. Yes. <laughs> So there were voices and thunderings and lightning and an earthquake. And there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. There fell a great star from heaven, burning as if it were a lamp. And I beheld and heard an angel and saying with a loud voice, Whoa, whoa, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And there's, it's, it's chaos and it's wonderful. It's a doom and gloom prophetic vision. It's a beautiful painting. Yes. And it's all in reds and there's green fire. It is a hellscape. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what we're looking at. And a lightning bolt. It's very like having read the book, like you see it all happen. And Mm -hmm. it's very like, oh man. I know what's happening. Yeah. If this was an English class, they would say that the metaphors were ham-fisted. Okay. Honestly, yes. As an English major, absolutely. Yes. It's all there. It's like... uh, small tangent if you ever watch midsummer in the beginning they have the like tapestry and it tells you everything that happens before you actually watch the movie. what there is yeah this oh. is um that for this book we're just like yeah you're seeing the last panel first so you know get ready buckle in right um i can imagine that rereading this like multiple times it just gets better because you know you understand what's happening yeah so it's like oh okay I see what that is because initially it's just like okay so we're just like illustrating something but they're literally in he was illustrating the last the big event in the book it's yeah pretty much and then we zoom back out and we are in a hospital room with Norman with father he's not a father uh just I guess pastor Norman McKay Mm -hmm. is that the correct term I don't know I don't I know he's (laughs) not a father because later someone calls him padre and he's like I'm a pastor let me pastor versus father. Oh, you're going to get some weird Google searches there. But he is in a hospital room with, hold on. Let me look this up. I forgot to look up his name. I feel like a father is like, is like what? Uh, this says father is a title we traditionally use to greet a church leader, like a pastor, a priest, a deacon, or a bishop. A priest is the one for catholicism and a pastor is a spiritual leader of any other type of christian congregation so i think he just doesn't like being called father okay right it is a father. he is a father no it's the same is it because i it says um it, a father is like a cover all like okay you could say like father mckay but i think he must not like it because it's a cover also you can also get confused and think it's it's catholic right oh oh maybe okay so one of the things that he uh, emphasizes later, like it's it's quietly emphasized throughout the entire book, but he doesn't come out and say it until at the end, is that he, he as a religious leader does not view himself necessarily as a leader. It's his job to lead his congregants towards mm-hmm. like making their own deci- making their own informed decisions, mm-hmm. not making the decisions for them. So maybe what he's doing is he's rejecting sort of the patriarchal head of household overtones of being called father. Maybe, yeah, that could be it. If you guys know, email us at yeah. the sidekicks oh at God. gmail.com. Capital T, capital S, capital K. Alex Ross. If if Alex Ross emails us, I will die. 
Um, we will end the podcast. <laughs> We've peaked. <laughs> no, we won't, but we no, would, no, 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 we cannot, I'm, we cannot end the podcast because one day it is my destiny to fight Mark Wade for supremacy as the comic book historian. Oh my God. Mark Wade is safe to meet us. Just so you know, she will not actually. Fight. No, 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 I won't fist fight you, but like, you don't understand you are living my life. My dream. <laughs> my dream. Like. The more I learn about Mark Wade, the more I realize that he that I am a color variant of him. <laughs> I am the Elseworld version of this man. Oh my god! And it is our destiny. It is it is my destiny to to take the reins someday. Yes, Mark Wade, you have an apprentice. You just don't know it. Yes. <laughs> Back to the comic book. <laughs> yes, it is. I he is my fake comic book nemesis. Here we go. <laughs> It is like like in an anime how like yeah. they're nemesi, but they're also best friends because they like key each other up to do better. Yeah. That is gonna be us. Yes. I love it. Me and Marky Mark. <laughs> Marky Mark and the oh. funky bunch. <laughs> Wesley Dodds is Wesley the Dodds. Name of the yes. Gentleman. He is um the Sandman, which I believe is a golden age hero. Mm. Oh, he was introduced in the new in the New York World's Fair comic amazing that's wild all right but he's a golden age hero he's really elderly and dying and uh one of his powers is a form of clairvoyance mm-hmm. and so he's been having dreams of the future and then this reverend is like i mean i don't really think they're vision suit i think you're just dying senile <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's kind of like they're like fever <laughs> dreams dude like you're old and you're on the brink of because he's also mm-hmm. like coughing like people who are about to pass away do yeah he's like he's like 90 yeah he's an old man <laughs> so, yeah so he's he's in the hospital he is dying um he has been friends with mckay for years like he's just kind of he is in a position that a lot of elderly people find themselves in where he's kind of he's outlived his friends he doesn't really have a family so to speak and so he as like an old person like has cultivated this friendship and this is kind of like his last one and so norman is there to provide him comfort both as a friend and as a spiritual leader in his final journey i think also norman is there to read the last rites yes so yes it is christian i just want to make sure that it is so he's there i think norm i think mm-hmm. wesley or sandman sees him as a friend and norman sees him as like a fellow probably friend as well but like He's in his congregation, so he's mm-hmm. he has. I think he like has to be there to help guide him to light, as okay. well. And uh, this man is like basically. It's like one of those things. Like Norman's like here hallucinating. You're about to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, okay. Let me just read you your last rites. Uh, is Corinthians the last rites? I think so. Oh. Okay. I th- I think it's just. I don't know how they work. Um. I think it's just. Uh, I, don't I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Um. I think it's just. It can be, it can refer to multiple like sacraments. So I think it's mm-hmm. by the, like, um, it's to their discretion. Okay. Is, is my understanding of it. So, okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's there to provide comfort. Or there's probably like actual ones too. I don't know. Guys, look, email us if you know, cause I'm not like, I got out of the religion, like 11. So. Right. Right. Uh, we are the sidekicks at gmail.com. I repeat, we are the sidekicks at capital at gmail.com. Capital T H E capital S E I D capital K I C K S at gmail.com. Remember we are sidekicks like dark side.
always stay plugging. Okay, so <laughs> Wesley dies. <laughs> he does. He dies. Uh, there's the funeral. Norman is contemplating like his relationship with this man because like they were friends. Like it was, I, there is a phenomenon where like an elderly couple will adopt, will adopt like single, like young women who are alone. Mm. It's, it happens on like vacations a lot. Mm. Okay. And so it's kind of this, it's kind of the opposite of this where like a middle-aged couple adopts like an elderly person who is also alone. Yes. But his wife is dead now. Wesley's dead. He's kind of contemplating the world. And then he's thinking about like how, how his friend Wesley was a superhero once upon a time, but how that mean the, the meaning of that word has changed. Mm-hmm. Like we are living, he's thinking about society that where superheroes is, it's still an institution, but they're not the good guys. Mm-hmm. Like they're the guys that go in and fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> and so there is an entire walk through the city and it's very like, it sets I think it's, it's, that's like the atmosphere of the world we're living in where like, it's a very, like, it's a normal world. Everyone's going about their business. And then in the midst of it, there is this, the scene, like this, this remnant of shocking super violence. Yeah. So like a building Mm -hmm. that's been impacted by, that's been busted down basically. Yeah. Like there's, it's, there's a statue that has been thrown partially through a building and is on top of a car and it's just normal. Mm Mm-hmm which is why I would never live in Metropolis. (laughs) Yes. Reasons to not live where they're superheroes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, At least not the main ones. Exactly. And so when he's talking, he's thinking about how like Wesley, like his friend Wesley, from the perspective of someone who was uh, a golden age superhero and kind of within the DC universe, the way that they accommodate the fact that like, there are all of these different eras of superheroes and superheroes fall out, fell out of fashion and like they wouldn't be published in books anymore, but they still kind of existed. Is there sort of this idea of like these different generations? Mm-hmm. So like uh, a lot of the olden age heroes, like the ones whose books kept being published into the silver age continued on, mm-hmm. but the golden age ones whose like books stopped getting published, they get kind of considered like the first, like the older generation. They're like the baby boomer superheroes. <laughs> And then the Justice League are like just supposed to be like the normal adults. And then you have the Teen Titans and like Young Justice who are supposed to be like all the superheroes that arose out of like the Bronze Age and the Modern Age. Mm -hmm. So like there's this generational difference of superheroes. And so Wesley is both a Golden Age superhero as like the Sandman, but also like literally like a boomer. Yeah. He's an old man who just died and was from like that first generation of superheroes. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. Yeah, and so he's talking about, like, how Wesley was disgusted and demoralized by, like, the younger generation, mm-hmm. you know, as we go into, like, an increasingly more violent world. Yeah. You know, he mocked their worth, these newcomers, and spoke instead of legends gone. Yeah, so it's, he's kind of, yeah, he's just contemplating, like, what he's seeing and, like, the light that you do when you have to go through something Mm-hmm. kind of traumatic or sad yeah. so like hyper vigilant about super things mm-hmm. um, and then he sees planet krypton which is like a restaurant a, th- a superhero themed restaurant and he walks in i love it 
I love it so much. And this, they, is, this is the purest representation of what humanity would do if there were superheroes. Honestly, yes. So he walks in and it's like an Applebee's, except that it's superhero themed. So you mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. a Wonder Woman. Oh my God. It's like a TGI Fridays, 30 pieces of flair. Yeah. <laughs> 30 pieces of super yeah he gets uh welcomed in by a green lantern again we see wonder woman we see aquaman we see the flash um we see another flash we see batman and they're all in their like old-timey costumes like their original costumes yeah because these are all servers and workers at the restaurant Mm -hmm. and they're in like their party city costumes yeah basically (laughs) it's amazing like can you imagine this imagine like like walking into a red robin and and being greeted by super by people dressed up as superheroes because that's the gimmick that would be so intense i would Um, love it this would be my favorite restaurant like it'd be like miranda you're turning 26 where do you want to go for your birthday planet krypton let's go (laughs) they have a deal for bigger groups you can run out the private suite. <laughs> it would be my favorite. Uh, in in current comic books, in current canon, uh-huh. there is Bat Burger, which is a oh got with a restaurant in Gotham that is Batman themed. Get the fuck out of here! That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. The Robins go there to eat. They take Batman there, and he's so angry. I love it. I need to read that. Uh, so we see him he but also in. sorry one sorry, more thing go ahead <laughs> do you know who owns planet krypton no booster gold booster gold booster gold okay um booster gold is a superhero he um his origin story is he is from like i think like the 25th century or something he's from the future okay. he worked in a superhero museum so he okay. worked in a justice league museum he kind of became a bit of a fanboy. And then he's like, you know what? Like, we have all this technology in the future. I could have really been something back then. And so he steals a bunch of like the shit from the museum and goes back in time to the 21st century to be a superhero, to be Booster Gold. <laughs> wow. He's amazing. Pretty relatable, honestly. Yes. <laughs> like, if you get away with it, you probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Okay. He is great. He's a fame whore. You love him. I love it. So we continue to see he kind of Norman walks in, mm-hmm. looks at everything, walks back out, keeps I, I assume he walks back out. We don't see a panel. Yeah, he does. Uh, and then we see like the flash, I think, or a flash. We see a flash. Know. Yeah. And then um, he's just kind of looking around again. Beautiful composition, beautiful artwork, beautiful perspective. And he's just having these internal thoughts and then we see a bus flip over and the next panel is like a fight is breaking out in the middle of the street yep it's a super fight just happening yep right there yep and you see people running away and the fight Mm -hmm. continues and he has stuff talking over it as well and he saves a little girl from the Mm -hmm. explosion but what you kind of see is that like the superheroes have no care about like human like regular human life yeah um so you see a juxtaposition of like him saving the little girl and she's crying and uh we see like the bad guy not he's not even i don't even know if he's a bad guy he's just like a superhero who gets thrown into the wall and he's just kind of laughing about it oh six 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 yeah yeah 
and the girl we see her crying mm -hmm. and again we see like these like very super panels where they're fighting and we've seen this type of fight all the time yeah and but they just are indifferent they're indifferent about like you see it you see them fighting it's grandiose and then you see the humans terrified running away yeah no it and it's all juxtaposed with like his thoughts about like the superhumans um mm -hmm. you know the superhumans boast that they've all but eliminated the supervillains of yesteryear small comfort they move freely through the streets through the world they are challenged but unopposed they are after all our protectors and we mm -hmm. kind of zoom in on like the child crying <laughs> yeah and then we get a bulletin because this is like it's metropolis but it's new york and it's like times square so they have the times yeah. square building with the news and yep. it's a bulletin and it's bulleting kansas and everyone stops to look at it because kansas has is no more kansas has fallen kansas has fallen and then we see we don't really know what happens it's just that something happened right it, we learn later yeah, we do. We so later. Um, at the moment, we don't know. Yeah, at the moment, we don't know. All we know is that Kansas is is like something shocking has happened in Kansas, and it causes all of them to stop. Mm -hmm. And we see the next thing is him with at his church, and he's doing his sermon. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly, it reminds it. It's very. It's like sinners in the hands of an angry God. Like that's the type of sermon it is. Angry. Yeah. It's scary. I think, it's, I think this one is literally the book of revelations. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, have you read that? Have you, did you ever, you ever uh, have to read the sinners? No. In the hands? Why would I ever have to read that? You took an English class. <laughs> oh, I did take an English class. I don't think I read that one. I read a lot of um my, my English teachers in high school were very focused on like establishing like the puritans mindset when they first formed the country and they that were came... less interested in like the doom and gloom of it it was more things like we must be as a city on a hill it was a lot yeah of stuff. well sinners and in, in the hands of an angry god is coming out of puritan times like that kind of helped set it up that i forgot who what pastor did it but it was very angry very doom and gloom like mm -hmm. Let me look it up real fast. Yeah, we didn't read a lot of the angry ones. We read a lot of like the ones talking about like American exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. Oh, uh, okay. Jonathan Edwards. Um, and it was it just reminded me of it because of the intensity. Like we don't need to talk about this. This is the Puritans, whatever. Go read it on your own. Because he says, and the sun dark and the sun and the air were darkened, fear God and give mm -hmm. glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come. He mm -hmm. and then he takes a moment and stops and he realizes he's scaring the shit out of everybody. <laughs> because he's something talking, really he's talking about the end of the world right after an entire state literally ended exactly so he's you know speaking from fear and mm -hmm. instilling fear which is a theme in this as well and then he kind of like takes a second and he's like i'm sorry like this is not the way i wanted this sermon to go and he is like unable to kind of collect himself in that moment he's just like oh my god like i i just fucked it like i these people trust me to guide them to a better existence and i just mm -hmm. scared the shit out of them and then we see the specter come in yeah and he looks like an angel so, so of course the religious man is like it's an angel he fucking he emerges from a stained glass of like i i don't know who the person the stained glass is but he just emerges out of it like he's jesus. that person <laughs> jesus <laughs> jesus um and the specter comes up and he's telling him like hey mm -hmm. i need you like i need you and then Norman's like, an angel, yes. Like, I have been yeah. chosen. And the, 
we know that it's not an angel i think later like we figure out like oh it's a fucking superhero <laughs> but, but it's a superhero that has like um i don't know a lot about the specter but it's my understanding that like he's kind of like dr fate in terms of he's just a normal person who got tapped to serve like a higher mystical power uh-huh and yeah. so his it's his job to dispense like judgment and punishment like that's his job he's an avenger in essence yeah he is and so like we know that he's not like he wasn't necessarily tapped by like the christian god but he was tapped by like a higher mystical power to serve this this role that falls in line with christianity right and he tells him like hey like i would do this on my own but i'm like a little too weak now like i need a human to help me look at these like channel these vision visions well he's like um it's it's less about the visions it's more about he's like i'm a little too far removed like, oh. like i well, it is yeah. my job to dispense like to decide uh who like the who the perpetrator of like great evils is but i don't understand the context anymore because i don't quite like i'm too i'm too close too close to the problem Mm-hmm. you know and so he basically just needed a dude who could like look at it and be like well you know this is like i'm a human and this is happening to humans and so this is what's going down it's like in the she hulk episode where she was like the judge the yeah. judge uh and jury yeah uh it's like that so basically but more yeah elevated i would say he needed like he's the judge and he needed mm-hmm. a jury and it's mm-hmm. a jury of your peers. So he taps yeah. Norman McKay and yeah. he doesn't actually want Norman McKay. He wanted Wesley, but like he Wesley died. <laughs> Wesley died like three days ago. He, he yeah. was too late. And he's like, well, Wesley is like close to you. So like good enough. Yeah. And Wesley apparently like gave him his visions, which asshole move. Yeah, bro. I'm just gonna say, like if you're <laughs> I having, don't want this. <laughs> if you're having apocalyptic visions and then you're dying, give them to someone else. Don't give them to me. Oh, well yeah so we see um the specter he takes him basically takes norman and he takes him to a farm and we see a farm man fixing some stuff he's farming doing some farm things and he's like this farmer looks familiar (laughs) it's because it's fucking superman and it's super duper man and what do we see him being the most superman ever and lifting up the fucking tractor instead of walking out of the way no he can't do that he can't no. do that he'd have to take three whole steps Alita. oh yeah so he's lifting it up and then norman's like oh it's superman and then he kind of says like well i remember he was he mm-hmm. left but he i can't remember why he left he just left he's been gone forever which i love this so much because like i feel like this is very true to form of big events happen in the world but you don't know that they're big events while they're happening so you like people only have pay attention yeah exactly yes so he yeah he doesn't quite understand norman doesn't quite understand the implications mm-hmm. of what happened when superman left because no one really does because again they're he's we're all working through it together honestly we're norman yeah. Yeah. uh and then he's like he's alone and he's, he's like, not what? alone he's got a fucking dog and he has horses and he it's a yeah. farm he has like, animals that he's taking care of if if, if, if growing up with American media has taught me anything, it's that like a dog is man's best friend. And so you're, you're not really a loner if you have a dog. John Wick style. Okay, Miranda. <laughs> that is. <laughs> that They're is not what, humans. 
That is what it has taught me. That is what that is what American cinema has taught me is that that's how you know the difference between like an irredeemable person and a guy that does messed up shit but is good in his heart. Does he have a dog? Well, so he has a dog. He's not he has a dog. Also, Wonder Woman shows up. Yeah, and he's trying to be grumpy while the dog is licking his face, and it does not work. No, and so no, because the only person that does grumpy right in this entire comic is Batman. Boom, that's it. Yep. Mm. <laughs> drop, drop the battering. Suck it. Uh, so she says hi. Mm-hmm. It's like I haven't seen you in months. Like, why are you here? And then she's like, Well, you know, I was hoping that you weren't going to be here. <laughs> I was hoping that you like were, you know, living. Yep life not in a simulation it's it literally a simulation he's like in a bunker somewhere <laughs> he's in uh he's in the fortress of solitude i think okay so and it's so his hollow deck his hollow deck <laughs> on the fortress of solitude is he set up a farm so many things that you can do he does farming okay whatever I, he, grew his, up on a farm. he grew up on a farm to each their own <laughs> you know so she does call him superman he mm-hmm. doesn't really respond she's like oh cal because he's like rejected Superman. Like he's not Superman anymore. He has rejected Superman and he has rejected Clark. Yeah. So, so he's taking back his 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 birth name? His government name. It's not his government name. So okay. I Superman I know. is really complicated <laughs> because he's both Clark Kent and Cal Al. Like he's he has like a whole identity wrapped up in being like from Krypton, mm-hmm. but he was also raised as a human. And so yeah. it's it's this if they wanted to they could tell some really great stories about like the the identity crisis that like kids who are raised in two cultures go through but they don't they're not interested in those they're not interested in those stories yeah they haven't given they haven't put one of us in the writing room i guess yeah so like he's (laughs) he has rejected superman because superman was the man of tomorrow and he is not that he's very clearly not that Mm -hmm. but he's also rejected clark because clark was just a dude clark was a man and he's not a human he is all of his ties to humanity are have been severed mm-hmm. by time so and tragedy. He, yes. So he walks in a fortress and she's like, Hey, did you hear? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then she's, he's like, just like, she's like, turn on the fucking news, dude. So he turns on the news and in every country and every channel, you see that they're talking about what happened in Kansas. Yep. And it was a super fight. Mm-hmm. There was a super fight um against something that is called parasite i don't know anything about that but it is led by magog who is kind of the he holds the same cultural importance to like the millennial and the gen z superheroes that superman held for like the gen x and the for the gen x and the boomer superheroes Mm -hmm. like he's kind of their He's like the culmination of like their zeitgeist and their cultural leader. Mm-hmm. And it's him and his super team fighting the parasite. Uh, the parasite is losing. Like it's it's heartbreaking because like I think the parasite is also like begging for mercy, mm-hmm. like begging just for it to, the fight to stop. And these this gener- this team of superheroes is not capable of stopping. Of mercy, basically. Yeah, they're not they're not capable of stopping the fight until the foe has been ground like ground into the ground mm-hmm. uh they're like moose they're like moose okay but um so we see the live footage they're fighting and you see pain and you see that the parasite kind of reaches out grabs captain adam and rips him in half which yep. causes what is a nuclear a nuclear event. bomb yeah and it it 
destroys Kansas. It yep. causes like severe impact where it was destroyed, but also the radiation that is like given off from Captain Adam goes on it does what radiation does it goes and like travels to the surrounding areas and it specifically this is important because it takes out a large chunk of american farmland it takes like the bread basket yeah so there's gonna be famine like worldwide famine because of this event yeah like over a million people die so like it's already it's already shockingly terrible but it's going to lead to more death because it there nothing happens in a vacuum yeah so we see Wonder Woman and she tells him like, bro, like you have a responsibility, like our generation, our generation of superheroes, which is like the boomers, um, <laughs> or I guess Gen X, they, they only look to Superman. Like if they're, if Superman is not there, then they don't really like act on anything. Yeah. And we see Superman, he's like, no, I'm not helping. Go back to your island. Nobody will bother you if you go back to your island. Yeah. Which- and fuck him yeah like you'll be safe there she's not concerned about being safe like yeah like she can take care of herself i a lot of i would say like they they set up that like a lot of the drama that happens in this book is because like superman has lost touch with humanity but i would argue it's less that he's lost touch with humanity is he's lost his ability to listen Mm -hmm. because like wonder woman has her own problems and Mm -hmm. like her approach is awful which he would have known like in this first page if he had fucking listened to how she was talking yeah like if he had actually listened to what she was saying instead of just hearing the words yeah so we see um norman and he's kind of well specter's talking to him and he's like telling Mm -hmm. him you know um his superman's greatest failing is his inability to perceive himself as the inspiration that he is mm-hmm. so then they kind of point out like i think this is a portion where they point out like there are heroes but they're in their worlds they're not yeah. helping humans anymore so the flash although he does well it's 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 they're going through like what happened to the rest of the justice league yeah and so the flash that's why i think it was a flash mm-hmm. in the beginning that was running through because they explain like the flash just stays running and helps like little crimes as he can but he's well, never living. Yeah, it's um so the flash that we see isn't this flash, it's a different flash. Mm. Um so there are two flashes in this book. One is an actual person. Uh she is Irie West, the daughter of Wally West. Okay. And then this flash, the one that we're seeing that's running around um Keystone City, which is like his city, um okay. is a composite flash. So it is kind of this idea that one of the things, one of the reoccurring themes in like flash storylines is the speed force and they're all connected to it. And then they all eventually become consumed by it in different ways. So like they, they've, it's, it's like Jedi, like, you know, how Jedi join the force and they kind of fade out and then become force ghosts. Mm-hmm. The flashes do the same thing. So they become one with the speed force. And so this flash that we see is kind of all of the flashes who have gone into the speed force, like, like pulled together. But this one is Wally West. No, it is not. No, it is. It Wade confirmed that it is Wally West. Oh, is it? Because like in the back when it talks about like who everyone is, it um, hold on, let me turn to the right page. Uh, I have a physical copy that includes mm-hmm. like a whole thing telling us like these little b- character bios. Um, okay. So the flash that we see is okay. Where is it? I can see it. Thirty-four. Uh, the flash. Emanating from the Speed Force, the future Flash may hold all of the spirits of the previous incarnations. Okay. On the internet, 
Flash. He is referred as Wallace West in the novelization. Wade later confirmed this Flash to be Wally West in the kingdom, despite wearing a variation of Jay Garrick's helmet. Okay. Mm. Well, the kingdom is a the kingdom is something that came out after Kingdom Come. It's like a revisitation of the world. Okay. Uh, I have one of the kingdoms. I can go get it. No, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's not really. It's really not. This might be Wally West, but if it was Wally West, then it was like an after the fact Wally West. Mm -hmm. Because like in the Uh, book, it makes it seem like it's a composite character. Yeah, it just kind of says that he's constantly in motion and is unstable. Mm-hmm. um and it allows him to see every plane of existence um, yeah so anyway so he's he exists but he's not like physically he's there physically but he's not like existing in a way that like a normal person or superhero typically does yeah like it's he's just he was patrolling his city and that's it yeah and then we see hawkman yep hawkman and he it's is just taking over the, <laughs> the pacific northwest period <laughs> so like where you're well you know (laughs) it is where i'm at i'm open that i'm in the pacific northwest (laughs) so that's who's taking care of you yep and he's Uh, just he's just straight up being an eco-terrorist and i kind of love him for it yeah (laughs) and so he then we see um green lantern and he Mm -hmm. has his uh castle above earth and he just sits there forever looking for extra extra I can't say it. <laughs> Extraterrestrial threats. Thank you. Um, and he's just been sitting there. He still waits. He's not doing anything. Because yep. he's he's not concerned with what's happening on Earth itself. He's concerned with protecting Earth as a whole. Yeah. And we get this one. Which um, also, like, Green Lantern is supposed to be a space cop. He has, like, an entire sector of space he's supposed to be patrolling. Like, nope. He only patrols. Only Earth. Only Earth. Yeah. Every other planet, they're fucked. Um, so we see uh, this t- this text box kind of encapsulates everything that we're trying to say. The gods of yesteryear no longer walk among the humans, Norman McKay. Instead, cued by Superman's surrender, they journey apart, divorced from the common men whom they once so gladly served. They've lost themselves in ancient civilization and future times. They have left humanity to its own fate. And so they ask about Batman or Norman asks about Batman. What's up? Which I care about and I'm here for. And we get what? Boom. A super muted, dark uh, painting. I love it. It is so awesome. And we see Gotham and we Mm -hmm. see, you know, hoodlums being hoodlums. And then we see a fucking Batman robot patrolling the streets. And it looks so good it looks huge i love it it's great and then we see him chase the hoodlums <laughs> and then like, they get surrounded by like four of them <laughs> they just get cornered in and it's just like and it's, it's all spectra say is batman has his city under control yeah like we don't worry about batman <laughs> we, don't we don't talk don't... about batman exactly <laughs> it's very much that and then Norman gets mad. He's like, that's all you have to show me? Like, you're just showing me that we don't have any actual protectors. The villain, the superheroes that we have don't yeah. show any control. They're just interested in proving that they can win fights. They don't care about humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we see another illustration of this. There's a fight breaking out. They're on the cable car and the cable car drops. And then we see they actually do get saved, though, by Superman yeah he comes back because he has returned yeah and he collects all the new ones yep he's holding them like a tod, like they're toddlers for because they are yeah they are toddlers it's like they're 
the super fight that we see isn't really over anything. It is just two different groups fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To fight. Yeah. And then we see Norman, he looks up and everyone, the crowd is really excited because they're happy to see like, they understand mm-hmm. that if Superman's back, things will change. Um, yeah. But it's juxtaposed with like Norman's visions of Superman, like in agony. Yep. In the red panel. And he's like, by God, nothing has changed. Yeah. It's just <laughs> begun. And that's the end of that first chapter. Yep. It. Yeah. So then we have chapter two. Yes. Truth and justice. And yep. who do we see in the in the beginning painting? The Norman. old guard. Oh, the old guard. Oh, yes. And Norman. <laughs> <laughs> and Norman. And Norman's also there. <laughs> and <He's>... Norm. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey guys. So yeah, again, once again, beautiful painting. And we start again with like revelations. Yeah. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar. And the seven, this is so, is this how the Bible reads? Yeah. It's like. Well, I think revelation does. I don't think all of it reads like, but. It's just, it's just the sequence of events. Like, and then he lifted his arm. And then he put the thing on the shelf and they took his arm down. Yes. They didn't have comic books. Okay. They had to write all the action. It's a screenplay. <laughs> it's a screenplay. And the seven angels prepared themselves to sound. Yes. To sound. And then we see Norman. We see, oh, so good. Okay. So the painting mm-hmm. we just see that we, the full page panel that we just see is now like shrunk into the reflection of his like iris. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then he's just kind of looking, he's having his vision. And they're on the Statue of Liberty. Yep, because uh, Norman's visions have been, uh, they've, so the specter takes him to a bunch of just seemingly random places, but they're all mirrored by his visions. It's like mm-hmm. this connection that later gets made. Mm-hmm. So he sees what is in essence like superheroes burning up in like a giant torch. And then now we're in the Statue of Liberty where we have um, like this, the superhero representation of, I guess, the, of the, patriotism yeah but like america first patriotism yes and they're first of all defacing the statue of liberty but they're also straight up murdering um refugees yep refugees and immigrants yeah so i think like xenophobia because the guy is like he's it's very much like immigrants want to come here but there's no like space for you here type situation yeah, and it's in reaction to what happened in Kansas because he's specifically referencing about how there's not going to be, there's so many problems in America, we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of anyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're fighting and then other patriotic heroes come to fight against them, you know, that clash of the ideologies. And then the Justice League comes to shut it all down. Yes. And Green Lantern has a broadsword. I love it. <laughs> or a great sword. Yes, it's amazing. And then someone says, angels, not angels, gods themselves. And this is Norman. Yep. Yeah, so they come in and they like they shut it down. Yep, and it's Superman has returned and in doing so, drawing from seclusion the titans of the yesteryear. Yep. <laughs> and I, I thought it was clever because the titans are all, have all joined Superman's Justice League. Yeah. They're all, all the titans are there except for Beast Boy. Yeah. Boy. I love him. I love him. He's on he's on Batman's side. Good. Yeah. I love him more. <laughs> so we see them and they kind of like they shut it down. They save the uh-huh. day. Dick and Grayson's a, in a ridiculous outfit. Wh- which one is Dick Grayson? The one in all black? That one. 
No way. That's Dick Grayson. Get the he hell went, out of here. He went from Nightwing to that. All right. Well, okay. And this is not a universe where he like retired as a superhero and then came back. This is a universe where he was Nightwing for a number of years and then retired when Superman left and then came back when Superman came back and he chose that instead of Nightwing. All right. Well, his superhero name is Red Robin. It's fucking stupid. Yum. <laughs> Okay, so they save the day and they are, they basically, it's a press conference. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get like strict daddy Superman. <laughs> like, good afternoon. Many of you, sorry, good afternoon. Many of you may remember us. We've been away for a while. That was our mistake. In, a, in our absence, a new breed of metahumans has arisen. Mm-hmm. A vast phalanx of self-styled quote unquote heroes unwilling to preserve life or defend the defensiveness. And he goes on because he's very like, I'm better than everyone. And he ends with, We will make things right again. Yeah. And he doesn't, he refuses to take questions. Yeah. He they just kind of he like comes in and he's like, Good day, citizens. Well, we're gonna fix all the problems. Now goodbye. Bye. <laughs> We're going to go find the guy. And then uh, Wonder Woman's like, we're going to go find the guy that did the thing to Kansas and we'll figure that out. Yeah, that is all. And obviously, that's not great. That's not a great answer. No. You know, he's just patterned. He's 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 the patriarchy. He's right? like a, yes, he he's is. He's the patriarchy. He's... he's come to be big daddy for America and solve all of America's problems. Mm-hmm. And I like, try to mm-hmm. just like strong arm the whole situation, which is stupid yeah as we learn throughout the entire comic book and then move forward move forward he goes where he goes to see pause 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 one more important thing um we also see the beginnings of a reaction from like the The world governments yeah of they're like well so superman's come to save us and they're like oh well i have a lot of natural skepticism towards that and uh maybe we shouldn't be relying on super people to save us Mm-hmm. And then we go with Superman. Yes. Where is he gone? Batman. Yeah. He's gone to Gotham to go find Batman. And he goes down to the Batcave and we see these. I love the design of the robot. <laughs> I'll post on Instagram. And he's like, Bruce, Bruce and I are down here. You can't hide from me. And then Bruce is like, I bow to your superior wisdom. <laughs> he's such an asshole. <laughs> love it. He is because like I, well, I think he gets to be one, but yes, it's I. Uh. He absolutely gets to be one because like they talk about how all of the, all of like the Justice League, like the Golden, all of these like OG superheroes, in essence, gave up the fight when Superman left. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is Batman didn't give up the fight. He's still doing it. Yeah, like he is still active. Like it's he, he get he's he's been thrown around a lot. All right. He he's just a man. He's been pushed, pushed through buildings. His back has been broken. Like Bane cracked him like a glow stick. Yeah. <laughs> and so like his body physically could not do it anymore. And did he retire? No. He built robots Mobilized. to do it for him. <laughs> yes. So we see Bruce, Big Daddy Bruce, mm-hmm. and he has like basically like an exoskeleton is the way I can describe <laughs> it. He has like a, a spine. The metallic spine that goes down his actual spine. Yeah, it's like um in the 
after Avengers Civil War when Rhodey gets partially paralyzed mm. and he has like the exoskeleton for his legs. Mm-hmm. This is like that only it's a full body one because again, Bane cracked Batman like a glow stick. Yeah. So we're seeing, I mean, okay. It's a few pages, but in reality, it's just kind of like Batman's like reading Superman because Superman's <laughs> like, you have to modalize Bruce. Like, w- like things have gotten really bad. Like they had a really bad event, the can- the one in Kansas. And then Clark's like, you think that didn't happen the entire time you were gone? Like you really, <laughs> you're an idiot. Like you didn't think crime, you thought crime stopped yeah. when you left for 10 years, Superman? Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you can you can feel bad all you want, but I've been protecting my city, so leave me mm-hmm. the fuck alone. Yeah, because Superman's coming at him like Batman retired, and Batman never retired. He's and been he's, here. He's coming at him like, I, this is, I get so annoyed with Superman because he's like very like absentee father figure where it's like, mm-hmm. you, like I'm back. So I expect you to like, give me all your attention come join my cause drop what you're doing to help me out because it's for the greater good but when Mm -hmm. we define the greater good maybe it's not the same definition for everyone and batman's like the greater good bro like everyone's kind of been doing something like we may not have been like he batman stayed in his city right the flash stayed in his city Mm -hmm. green lantern stayed vigilant yeah wonder woman lost her, her everything that was important to her yeah People went through things, uh, Clark, and you're over here acting like an asshole. Like, we didn't do anything the entire time. Fuck you. (laughs) Just like, yes, let's go. Like, honestly. Like, we weren't playing farm simulator in our ice house. Right. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to join your cause, point blank, period. And then Mm -hmm. he's, (laughs) Superman's like, so you're sure you won't join me? (laughs) Then he's like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to go with you, dumbass. For a man who can hear clouds scrape together, you don't listen very well. Yeah, call Oh, do I have to read that in the Batman voice? You can if you like. For a man who can hear clouds scrape together, you don't listen very well. Oh, yes. And so he tells him, like, he dismisses his goodbye, Clark. And then a bunch of, like, older superheroes come up. And they're like, well, he knew we were here. (laughs) They're all the human superheroes. Mm -hmm. They all, yes, go ahead. It's Oliver Queen, Dinah Lance. Ted Cord, they're all the humans. They're all the humans who played with the big boys. Yeah, and they're all older now, you know. Yeah, because time happened. Yeah, and they're kind of they're. It's funny because they're like that fucking loser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. they don't like Superman. They they they're like us. They have criticisms. Yeah, and so they're kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of talking about stuff, right? You have yeah, a plan, like, and they're like, "What?" Since when does Batman never have a plan? Like, obviously, he has a plan to handle the situation at hand. Yeah, and it's Batman. Um, this is kind of a bit of a jump ahead, but like this entire time, Batman has been cultivating relationships with a bunch of like the younger heroes, with a mm-hmm. bunch of the millennials and Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. So he's he's basically he's been cultivating a relationship with them and turning them to his form of crime fighting i guess his form of superheroing like his his brand of morality and his form of superheroing and like he's been getting them in line and he's been creating uh his outsiders team right and so they're like oh okay you have a plan Mm -hmm. and then we go back to specter and norman norman's like were they ever even friends superman and batman the way they bicker is hard to tell and then specter answers great mind do not always think alike and this picture i love is because it's um 
the this drawing is the first uh their first comic book appearances on the covers of both Mm -hmm. so the car is super advanced in action comics number one and that one is batman's first appearance like first like his first beat time beat his first his first comic book appearance and it was his first cover in um detective comics issue number 38 i think Mm -hmm. so i i I, as a historian that nerded me out yes and then he asks about wonder woman because they're kind of talking about like their morality differences and their ethics yeah and then he asks about wonder woman she's an ambassador like she's kind of the most torn is what i think he's implying because mm-hmm. she is an ambassador of peace but also a master of warfare because in order to get peace she she can she won't shy away from warfare to attain peace yeah one of the things that we find out is that the reason she lost the things that she values most is because she was trying but like it's the amazons are warriors it is their way to enforce their will through supremacy mm-hmm. the strong will take what they can and the weak will suffer what they must yeah so like yes the amazons are, tr- are about peace but it's peace through their way it's about like taking over dominating and restore and store enforcing peace through those means and she was viewed as as failing in her mission because she was in essence trying to create peace through like example and through words and through diplomacy instead of just being like well we tried the words this isn't working now y'all gonna act like children i gotta treat you like children yep they kind of talk about that and then we see that they're like the justice league is talking to people they're fighting with the ones that won't kind of give the new metahumans that we'll kind of give and stuff and mm-hmm. fighting turning them into allies yep uh, we see the we- titans we see the entire titans team there's donna troy there is cyborg there's obviously dick grayson his outfit yeah like it's it's the titans yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a montage of like i'm trying to think about a word it it's like when things are going right right before they start to go wrong mm-hmm. so he norman can um compares it to the military they're going to turn en- enemies into allies. They're going to keep marching and doing what they're supposed to be doing, like converting people to their cause, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it gets, they turn into fights because not everybody's going to want to join your club. And we see, this is kind of like the first time we see Diana use excessive force with people. So yeah. she's like down to really cause bodily harm, even kill, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, Superman's like, hey, like, relax like they're misguided they're not evil she has no no remorse yeah no remorse this is this is i guess like this is where we as the audience can see that like she is it's it is about peace and it is about the greater good but she's willing to dominate to get it Mm -hmm. you know it's my way or the highway yeah very and it's very much like this sentence kind of says it all it's like how badly oh this part um, if they want to act like warriors, I'll show them more, which is very extreme. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I get it, but they're not trained Amazonians. Like, I don't know. Like, I, it's like, if I punked out a 10 year old, like, yeah, if you want to talk shit, I'll talk shit back. And it's like, not an even playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, if someone is so clearly mismatched to you, like, it doesn't matter what they're doing to you. If you respond in kind, it is inherently wrong because the because the power the power dynamic is so mismatched yeah like you're bullying them yeah like if uh, if a child punches an adult it's not appropriate for an adult to punch a child right 
<laughs> like, cause like a, a two-year-old, they've got little rock hard fists, but it's still like, oh, where she have a bruise, but like an adult punches a two-year-old, they're going to go through a wall. Yeah. And so then we see someone killing someone. <laughs> she, uh, Vandal Savage. There you go. And it, it's the bad guys. Yeah. Like they're layered. <laughs> It's their lair. They're the man boardroom. <laughs> it's a fucking boardroom. <laughs> it is. It is. It's one of the things that's said earlier is that like a lot of the villains, like a lot of like the the villains that like the Justice League faced don't exist anymore because this new breed of heroes has been killing them off. Yeah. And so these are the survivors. These are the these are the elder generation of villains that exist who have mm-hmm. survived what has been happening. Mm-hmm. So they're all coming together and they create the mankind liberation front. It's this whole idea of like, oh my God, these superhumans are out of control. This does not work for us in our way of doing things. It's better when humans are in charge because then at least it's like, it's a more level playing field. Right. So they want a villain, more villainy. Yeah. And, and we see Vandal Savage and and uh cobra and catwoman is there catwoman and lex luther yes (laughs) she looks great yes amazing yep and her she brought her bestie cat i love it oh (laughs) yeah she brought she also brought her bestie the riddler oh yeah yeah yeah. sorry i was like yeah the cat (laughs) (laughs) and also that old man yeah (laughs) and we also have the successor to raza ghoul someone who is very dear to my heart Ibn al-Zufash, the son of the bat. That's what that translates to, it's son of the bat. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to call name. him son of the bat because I cannot pronounce the other one. You can just also call him Ibn um, in Ibn? the later, yes, in the later comic book, uh, The Kingdom. That is that is what they called him, like that's his first name. Okay. Even though that's not really a first name. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so they just call him Ibn. Okay. Uh, so we see them, they're just talking about it. He's hot. There, yes, he is gorgeous. He looks like Salvatore from. Was I saying Salvatore? No, Damien. Oh. Damien from um, Vampire Cat Diaries. Yeah, he looks like him. Who he does a little. He does a. Little, he's got like those really high arched eyebrows. Yeah, and like blue eyes and dark hair. So boom, same person in my and, mind. And do you Spoked. know? Uh, do you know who else he is related to? Nope. <laughs> Batman. The best. This is. Oh my gosh! This is um. This is the precursor to Damian Wayne. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So there was a storyline that happened in like the eighties where um, Talia was pregnant. And then she, like, she said that she lost the baby, but she might not have lost the baby. It was just basically a thing that they did in the eighties to cause tension and drama. Okay. <laughs> and then um, Marky Mark and Alex, like basically use that concept of being like, oh, well, Talia would have raised the baby in like the League of Assassins. And that created Ibn Al-Zufash. And then later in like 2006, they revisited it. It got revisited again to create Damian Wayne. Aww. This is who Damian Wayne could have been. Well, <sighs> instead, he, he instead he pushed people off of dinosaurs. Well, thank you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I I'm, I got again. I was very young when I read this, and I sort of latched onto it. That's fine. So we're seeing, we're talking about it. They're talking about it. They're like, okay, like, how are we going to fix this problem that we have? The, mm-hmm. you know, the resurface of the Justice League, of the Justice League, and how their untimely arrival has turned our 10-year agenda into a 10-day stratagem. Yep. <laughs> uh, and they're kind of like, damn, we really didn't think they were going to come back. That's crazy. <laughs> like, how are we going to, like, pull off our villainous scheme 
when like with these like new metahumans and the justice league like i don't know yep because they've they've been playing the long game they've been seeding the ranks of like the super teams with former villain with i guess they're not really former villains because they're still working they've been seeding the ranks with terras uh-huh and like, yeah yeah so then he they're like well can we try this and they're like no but we do have i think i don't know i think it's lex he's like well we have like an anti superman mm-hmm. means weapon basically and we see kind of the introduction of like this gentleman um who's like the waiter and we learn soon that it's a secret identity it's it's billy batson yeah it's poor poor billy yeah it's, he is he, his his story is sad in this uh, and then we see another set of like uh, meta humans, and this is like where they ca- honestly, this looks fun. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> They're in a nightclub. It looks so fucking fun. <laughs> and like, then the 60 year old man stomps into this nightclub and is like, How dare you, young people, party? It's like an emo nightclub. It's so, it looks fucking fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly what Miranda said. He shows up and then gives them like this whole morality speech. Mm-hmm. Very uncool. And it goes on for a couple panels. It's all pretty. Yeah, he's basically coming in. He's giving. He's throwing down his gauntlet. He's laying out his ultimatum of mm-hmm. like the way you've been doing things is wrong. You know, you don't know what to do, and so you need to take your lead from us. You can either join us or we'll shut you down. And it's it's very it's very okay, boomer. Yeah, and it's it is, but also it's kind of like played as inspirational because you do see people like oh like. Mm-hmm no i do want to join his cause like he is right we should be upholding a certain level of standard when it comes to superheroing and then we see them in the green lantern tower uh well they it's right after he leaves um then the meeting gets interrupted and you kind of have this green land or green arrow is there and he's like basically going to give his counterpoint speech about why they should join him in batman all right (laughs) that that also happens that was that's just it's important that it happens it's there yeah i see it in the bottom and then they're yeah and then they're in uh green lanterns the the city he has created to watch out for extraterrestrial threats so that's where that's what they've taken as their new watchtower Mm -hmm. they're having a meeting yep and then we hear more from Norman. He says American heals, but America's not the world. Stronger in number, the league begins to confront anarchy on a global scale. And then we see most of the fed- most of the metahumans fall into line at the mere sight of the man from Krypton. Many do not. Clearly, each rebellion further frustrates him. And then social government was never Superman's arena. It's possible that the constant pressures thrust upon him as an emerging world leader could bend even the man of seal to the breaking point so we're starting to see the setup like it's not as easy as superman thought like people don't just fall into line and he's getting frustrated with them yeah he's getting frustrated and then they're also getting frustrated with him there's kind of this idea that there's dissents within the ranks itself that people are like why is superman leading us this way yeah and then they have to they have to figure out what are they going to do with all of the metahumans who aren't falling in line with them like what do you do with all those people and so that's when we get like a magical mystery tour in all these different places mm-hmm. to fill the prison yeah <laughs> and so they go down to aquaman i loved aquaman <laughs> i just love when they tell them no you guys are idiots i just i yeah okay let's look at aquaman <laughs> 
<laughs> so they go down to Aquaman and they're like, hey, so what's up, buddy? Haven't seen you. Yeah. So can we, like, your world um, seems perfect. Can we build they- a prison here? Can we build Gitmo here? Can we, can we do that? And he's like, no. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Again, he kind of reads Superman. He's like, whatever, dude. Like, you left, but I never left. Like, I have to take care of all of the oceans. Mm-hmm. You asshole. <laughs> you can't get it together on your land. No, you can't bring that into down here. Yep. And again, we see like Wonder Woman's rising fascism. She's like, well, there's only one way to do things and you should join us. And he's like, no, there's not only one way to do things. Like I've got, I'm a king. I have to think about my people. I have to think about what what's going to be best for them. I can't just go running around with the Justice League. Yeah. And so this is where we find out what happened to Wonder Woman. So mm-hmm. he kind of tells us like, no, there's not just one way. Like I, your royalty, like you should understand like diplomacy and how we move in different ways, not just war. Yeah. And that's where she's like, actually, no, I'm not royal. But the Amazonians, the Amazons have told me that they basically revoked her title and her heritage and she's yeah. no longer welcome on Paradise Island. Yeah her country has disowned her yeah and then he says i am sorry but that has no beacon on my decision so it gets step and <laughs> fucking bounce i'm not letting you do this and then she's mean she's like then resume your solitude on arthur relish your world for as long as it lasts he's not alone he has like his whole community <laughs> it, it is i think it is a mirror of the conversation between superman and batman of like superman is trying to get batman to come back to the league and not understanding that like batman has other concerns and he's got other things that he's been dealing with this entire time he doesn't have to go join your old boys club yeah uh you know aquaman has still been doing it he is a king he's he passed the superhero he says he passed the superheroing on to like his sidekick which he has who has joined the league right so we see uh okay so he uh brain let's go so superman confronts wonder woman is like when were you gonna tell me and she's like about the prison or my loss and then he's like uh both what the fuck (laughs) like you're acting also like the fact that she's propping him up as the leader but then she's not letting him make decisions she's not telling him things yeah like 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 i don't know why the prison wasn't a conversation that they had before like mm logically logically if you are demanding that everybody follows your lead and that you're going to shut down the people that don't follow your lead you need a place to put them right genius i i'm just saying i we might be better tactical minds than superman at this point wonder woman she's tilted uh so she's like uh, they're like we just have to do the prison like i don't know what you think we're gonna do and she's like why are you talking out of anger like what is mm-hmm. going on she's like it's not anger it's passion and then we see them like sexual tension and i was like yeah. wait a second wait a second okay <laughs> i'm just gonna let that go we'll talk about it later interrupted by donna who looks scandalized uh, yeah and then they finally found magog who is mm-hmm. responsible for they see him as responsible at for like what happened at kansas yep and then he's trying to move a building and then it's like gently gently and then he kind of like falls back but it also gets blown up because superman's like what the fuck bro <laughs> yeah it, he's 
He's like, he's why are you in Kansas? And Magog like, is a hammer, left. and he's trying to be a different tool, and he doesn't know how, and so he's frustrated. Yeah, and uh, this is where we see that he's like, why are you back here? And he's like, I never left. Like, you guys don't know how to look for me. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I was like, all right, solid. Hide at the scene of the crime. Right. He's guilt-ridden. Yeah, he feels bad. He's... It is, he is a stand-in. He is a representation for like that entire generation, the entire ilk of superheroes of like, they're not necessarily concerned with collateral damage and they're not concerned with like, with, with the harm with, or they're not necessarily concerned with, I'm trying to think of how to word it. Their, their primary concern is stopping the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Any, through any means necessary, but they're still doing it because on some level they want to do good. Mm-hmm. And so he's he, his entire superhero career. He's been it's always been about like putting the bad guy in the ground, and it, the collateral damage has been just that collateral damage has been necessary. But he has directly caused this massive loss of life, and he's filled with guilt because at the end of the day, like like Superman and Wonder Woman are trying to frame it like they're inherently bad and they need to be taught and like they're like they're all bad. All these younger heroes are bad and they're the bad guys and they need to be stopped. Whereas Magog, like we get this very humanizing look of like their actions are bad, but they they still like they wanted to do good. They wanted to be the heroes that the world needed. And mm-hmm. it's the things, the destruction they brought, like still touches them, still affects them, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's he's filled with guilt. He's trying to figure out how to rebuild and he it's he can't you can't fix everything. Like you can't fix every mistake that you have. Sometimes things happen and they're too big. Right. And he lashes out at Superman being like, you did this because you, you let me happen. Yeah. Like you, your choices made this new era of superheroes mm-hmm. exist because you wouldn't take the necessary steps to actually end crime. Um, yeah. And we get like a story about how we get what happened 10 years ago that caused Superman to leave. Right. And we see that uh, there was a trial and uh, the Joker was being tried, right? And then Magog goes... No, no, no. That's not what happened. That's not it? No, no, no. What? So the Joker came to Gotham. He went on a spree. He yeah. basically killed the entire staff of the Daily Planet. Yes. And then he was being arrested. And like Superman and Batman were both trying to get to him for their own reasons. And then Magog was trying because he was like a younger person who wanted to do something. And so their Joker is being arrested and Magog murders him. Yes. Like Magog straight up murders him. It's this idea that he's putting a mad dog down. Yes. Right. And then Magog is the one that goes to trial, to trial for the yes. murder of the Joker. Yes. And that's kind of where like the clash of the, the clash of ideology happens in mm-hmm. the public of, Magog's entire argument is that the Joker needed to die and that it is saving lives to do so. Mm-hmm. That is like, that's, he wants to be a superhero. That's what superheroes do. Superheroes mitigate harm. And the great best way to mitigate the Joker's harm is to take him off the playing field. Whereas Superman is this representation of the old guard of, well, like we are heroes. We don't cross those lines. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. And the public sides with Magog and he gets acquitted. Like he murders the Joker in broad daylight, in front of the police, in front of cameras, and he gets acquitted of the murder. Mm-hmm. And that's when Superman leaves. Yeah, he can't hang mm-hmm. and has a hissy fit and fucking leaves. Um, and then we see, it's kind of like a chant, like a fight. Not really. No, it's, 
I would liken it more to a breakdown of we are seeing like Magog's emotional yeah. breakdown. Yeah. So he, you know, because again, again, Superman not listening. Like yeah. Magog's telling the story, basically blaming Superman for his, for his own existence because like Superman wasn't changing with the, the heroes weren't changing with the times. And so the younger generation was doing it for them, but they were going mm-hmm. too far the other way. And rather than like staying and like battling it out in like the, the marketplace of ideas, Superman just di- just disengaged. Mm-hmm. And then he's looking and the Magog is like saying and seeing this is what it wrought. This is what my way of thinking untested did. And rather than listening to him and recognizing that he's in essence saying like your way was wrong, but my way was all is also wrong. And like we it this is our fault together. Superman is just like, oh, well, you must be proud. And Magog's mm-hmm. like, I am not proud. He, he doesn't say that. Oh, that's me. That's me being emotional. Mm-hmm. And so Magog like shoots him just out of like, no, that is not what that is. You are not listening to me. And then he breaks down. Yeah. He's crying. Yeah. So he shoots at him. Nothing happens to Superman. Mm -hmm. And then he tells him it's your fault. The world changed, but you wouldn't. So they chose me. They chose someone who would kill over the man that wouldn't. And now they're dead because I failed them. Right. Yeah. Um, And he says, punish me, lock me away, kill me. Just make the ghost go away because he feels really upset, right? Yeah. And then um, Superman looks down and he says, we are at war. And then Diana's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And then um, we... and they go to Apocalypse. Yep. And again, it's he's trying to figure out what do you do with all of these like prisoners? And so he goes to Apocalypse. And Apocalypse is not ruled by Darkseid anymore. It's ruled by Orion mm-hmm. from Wonder Woman. We read him. Yep. And it's this this idea that like he kind of went there expecting that it would be better than it was because there is like Orion is a different philosophical and moral bent than his father mm-hmm. and the thing is that apocalypse is still shitty and it's because like it doesn't it doesn't work that way like yes the good people can affect change but good people can't affect societal change society has to affect that change mm-hmm. like the pe- it has to come from the people themselves it can't be like it doesn't come from like their one leader. It can't just be, it's not going to trickle down from one leader. That's not how it works. No, it's like systemic change, right? It's yeah. It can't come from one person. It has to come from like, yeah. If the a, system the majority is, of people, exactly. If the system is bad, like it's doesn't matter who's at the helm. It doesn't matter how good their intentions are. It's not going to change. It needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what like Ryan's meditation is, is he's a good man who is leading an awful world. Mm-hmm. and like superman's disappointed in him because of course superman is no not listening mm-hmm. and then he goes and he recruits uh mr miracle and big barda mm-hmm. yep. uh, who have basically since orion took over have been in charge of like i think granny goodness's schools <laughs> <laughs> and so like they're rather than like training people to be like submissive and the anti-life equation and all that like if they're trying to change like train the populace to think for themselves and to work to make the world better yes and so Superman taps them and is like hey you know we could use this on like the millennials they could use some re-education yes which is super fascist <laughs> <laughs> yeah we oh no so like we tiptoe that on that a lot like we come right up to the line of like describing it or like naming it but don't name it yeah throughout the comic Mm -hmm. this whole concept of like it's not 
it's it's Superman says it's about guiding the younger generation, but they're not guiding them. It's forcing them to think it's like they did. Them. Yeah. So after you know they recruit them, they start building uh, a stronghold of justice, which is just a fancy way of saying a prison. They call it the Gulag. Terrible. Like the moment the moment you have a place and you're calling it the Gulag, and it's not like a themed restaurant or nightclub experience, you should you should that's when you should look at yourself and be like, I think we're the baddies. I think maybe are we the bad guys? Am yeah. I the drama? Am I? <laughs> no, I'm not the drama. I am. <laughs> like that's when you look at yourself and say, I think I might be the bad guy. Am I the asshole? <laughs> the moment you have a gulag, that's the line in the sand. Yes. Uh maybe, yeah. Also school converting things. So we see that Norman's kind of like, this seems like a bad idea, but like I don't know what other choice he has. Yep. And then we see we're back into the boardroom of evil. <laughs> and who walks in but the best boy that is Bruce Wayne and his human superheroes. They walk in and they've struck a deal with Lex Luthor because yes. the the enemy of your enemy is... What is that saying? The, um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. There you go. So that's what's happening. And they're trying to curtail the Justice League once and for all. Because of the gulag. Because of the gulag. Because of the gulag. Like, it's not... I, I I really need to emphasize the point that it's like, it isn't just, it isn't just like the bad guys call, it isn't just the people that are against and the antagonist calling it the gulag. Like, it's not just Batman saying, yeah, they built a gulag. They, like Wonder Woman and Superman both call it the gulag later. Yeah, it's con- like canon. It, yeah, like everyone knows that's what it is and no one's stopping to think about that. And it's driving me nuts. Um. Uh... Yeah, so in case you don't know what the Gulag is, it was the government agency in charge of the Soviet network of forced labor camps, which were set up by order of Vladimir Lenin, and it reached its peak during Joseph Stalin's rule from the 1930s to the 50s. So like, it's not a good thing to name. Like, Don't use that name. It has heavy implications in the past. Yeah. So that's the end of that uh, chapter. We're on to chapter three. Uh, and we Up in the sky! Yes, and we see Batman and his players. His outsiders. They're yep. the outsiders. Yep. And that's where Shazam you... in the center. Yep. It's great. We got we got Jai West or Irie West. We've got Nightstar, which is Nightwing and Starfire's daughter. Which one's that one? Uh she's the one with the glowing eyes who's in like the purple costume. Um, this is oh, a really good yeah. picture of her. Yeah. That's, cool. yeah. that's her. That is Mari Grayson. Oh, she is my favorite. I love her. I have loved her since the first time I read this. And she is uh, she's not the only reason that like one of my ships is um, Nightwing and Starfire. <laughs> but she is definitely like she's like half of the reason because I'm like, if they get together, then that means we get Mari Grayson in canon. And that is all I want. That is all what I, I am working towards is Mari yes. Grayson. All yes. right. I want her. I need her. She needs to be canon because like. She can't just exist on Earth 22. <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> she's um she's one of the uh main characters in the the Kingdom comic series. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we see them all there. And then yeah. the first panel is a full page panel again painting. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's Shazam calling upon lightning using his power. Yep. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried Seven thunders uttered their voices. 
and then Spectre's like another vision <laughs> to Norman and he's like yeah they're coming more quickly more and more quickly dreams of Armageddon and they're having a conversation about it <laughs> and we've we've skipped forward in time yep the gulag the- has been built yes and it is impressive it's a city <sighs> Yeah, and you know what's crazy is oh they no they stripped them uh, okay because I was like if this is built in Kansas right there's radiation but they they yada yada it they're like once the Kansas wastelands were stripped of radiation Superman's penitentiary was fast completed and yep. the Gulag was built to imprison the deadliest and most uncontrollable of the superhumans but it's it's a city on the inside because yeah. again like it's they're operating under the belief that they're like trying to have compassionate rehabilitation, mm-hmm. but it's not compassionate rehabilitation. It is mm-hmm. re-education. Yeah. And it was, it is led by uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, who again have been trying to re-educate like the people of Apocalypse. And uh, Mr. Miracle's like entire thing is he's like an escape artist. And so he's created an inescapable prison. Yes. Uh, and then we see Superman there and yeah. then he says in this world there's right and there's wrong uh very black and white very uh, 1984 yeah not a difficult distinction to make is what he says right mm-hmm. there the people that are there are like oh fuck you yeah <laughs> like sure yeah. okay whatever like it's really easy to say you're right and wrong when you're super powerful and like a god basically yep and then he like it's he is so dense in this he's like no like i'm not wrong you're wrong i'm doing this for the best of you i want to make you better i'm holding you against your will to make you better i'm not a villain you're the villains you won't cross a line like you keep crossing a line but Mm -hmm. he has no problem crossing like ethical lines to try to maintain what he thinks is moral yeah tensions are high there's crowding yeah and we've got uh, like they don't just have they don't just have like superheroes who didn't follow their ideology they have super people like um uh bach like mm-hmm. van bach mm-hmm. uh i believe he is like a straight up wannabe dictator okay like he's not it, there's nothing like heroic about him he just he straight up wanted to take over mm-hmm. so like they're putting these guys in there with the people who maybe are making morally questionable decisions and causing like a lot of collateral damage, but do ultimately want to do good in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's equating them as the same. And that's kind of creating higher tensions because it's this becoming like this pressure cooker of of violence and meta humans. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you see kind of like little fight, like fights are kind of breaking out. I think someone they're looking into it. Like someone has like a crystal. I don't know what hero this is, the red one. Do you know? Because um, I don't. He has like a crystal I'm, ball in essence and they're looking into the gulag. Yeah, I don't think I know this one. Let me double check real fast. Oh, yeah. No, no clue. Sorry. No, it's fine. I don't know at all. So, But yeah. I was just trying to say like he has a crystal ball <laughs> and he that's how does. like Lex Luthor and mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think Batman's in the room, but it's Lex Luthor and um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's, their, it's a Billy. status check of like how things Ooh. are going inside yeah of uh, all of our soon all of our evil plans will come to fruition <laughs> <laughs> and then they establish it gets a little feverish here it was I, a little confusing for me at this point to be completely honest with you i think like what they're trying to do is um alex and marky mark are trying to establish why like the the higher forces in the dc universe aren't doing anything 
Oh, I see. Okay. So it's like the, the big, big people. Yeah. So um, we have like the one of the guardians from Oa, like who's the leaders of the Green Lanterns. We have um, the wizard that gave Shazam his powers. And like, like we have a bunch of people who are like, they're not gods because like the DC universe is a universe in which there are literal gods. Mm-hmm. But these are greater spiritual beings who kind of create champions to fight for truth and justice and right in the DC universe. And we're establishing like why there are these people who have who are kind of in the role of gods, like not gods in terms of the Justice League as, as gods, but like literal fucking gods, like why they're not intervening. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, we, go ahead. oh, sorry. And then we see a skeleton. Boston Brand. I like Dead him. man. I like him. Because he can see Norman. Yep. And he interacts with him and Norman's like, oh shit. And then he's like, yeah, dude, like I travel between the planes. So like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's up with you? Can you imagine? Like I was just a fucking acrobat and now I'm a higher being. What the hell? <laughs> right. And he's like, of course, you know what I'm talking about, Padre. And that's when he's like, pastor. Yep. And uh, no, frankly, I can't imagine any of this since seminary i have been more of a philosopher than a priest uh which okay whatever sure whatever you want to say and they just had like a fun interaction like in my i was just like okay yep yeah he's just funny yeah it's it's basically it's so that we can learn a little bit about like uh norman mckay as a person and what he believes in Mm -hmm. and then learn about like why he got tapped by the specter yeah and then Boston Brand is just like, well, gotta go. Uh, when you die, you should look me up. Bye. <laughs> Hit me up in the phone book. Um, right. Oh my God. Dead man's great. And then we're having a conversation between Wonder Woman and Superman. In space. Because they're dating. Or I guess we're leading up to them dating. Mm-hmm. Oh, the side eye. They're meat cute. <laughs> the side eye i was like wait a second it's real <laughs> i'm confused do they have a history of dating kind of uh, because there's i feel like i've seen tension between them but like never like fully until like today you know it's a complicated answer um it's complicated it's complicated <laughs> it is um situationship they're both is a, hot it's a situation and powerful ship. yeah that, that is in essence what it is is they're both hot and powerful and they're put in close proximity by virtue of being on the justice league and so even though like Superman's got like his one great love, Lois Lane. It's because he's in proximity because he's in proximity with a woman who is in essence his equal. It's the fandom ship. Fuck boy, no, you can't have your main bitch and then a side bitch just because she's there and convenient. Yeah. Bye. So the way that they solve Bye. this is that they fucking get together in like every single Elseworld book. They just because. It's just, it's because she's dead, right? Lois is yeah. Dead. In this world, she's dead. This is Earth twenty two. She is dead. But the way that, like, I would say the way that um, the way that DC handles the fact that fans want to put people who are, in essence, on the same playing field together is they don't get them together in the main universe. They get them together in the side universe until I believe the New 52. And then the New 52, they were dating in canon. And it was not, I was not a big fan. Uh, I'm not here for it, but okay, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So um, that's that's what this is: is that there are a lot of different Elseworld books where Wonder Woman and Superman get together, 
and the only way I can describe it is it's just people seeing people saying like, oh, these two people are equal and they work together. So therefore they must be in love. And it's that that can't be the only thing they have in common. If not, it's not going to work. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank you. we see them talking and she's talking about what happened that she was put on trial she made her case she lost the case she's you know upset yeah. it changed her she's honestly like everything i was i'm no longer mm-hmm. she says like there's probably some justice to their decision he's like do you believe that which is like condescending i think and the mm-hmm. she says the amazons believe in peace through strength too often i relied on the olive branch and not a setius cestus Festus? Okay. I believe it's a beating stick. Is she implying that the Amazonians are like, you're a little bitch? Like, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what she's saying. That oh is exactly God. what she's saying. Uh, so, you know, Superman's like, I mean, like, you know, maybe we don't have to do that. We can just like be diplomatic. And then she was just like, mm. we are warriors. We have an obligation to wage combat. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm just going to ignore all the red flags and continue to flirt <laughs> with you because you're all hottie with a body. Let's get thoughty. <laughs> what, what else can you expect from a man who is literally wearing a red flag? So, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> the biggest red flag. He wears a cape. Just kidding. Batman wears a cape, not a red flag. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a black flag. It starts <laughs> with death. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> he's a goth. <laughs> So we, the best. So we see, we, okay, so then we, whatever, they're done flirting. And then we come back and we see violence. It's Mm -hmm. like Billy being shot through. Yes. With a laser. Child Billy being shot through with a laser. Yeah. And then we see someone horrified. It's adult Billy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he's like, those things never happen. And then Lex is like, they could have. And then he's like, superhumans, like, are pieces of shit basically they can like <laughs> they can do that if they want to i know it didn't happen but you know someone should be asking those questions and then um he's basically like brainwashing him yeah via worms yeah, yeah. very star trek wrath of Khan. <laughs> disgusting so they're putting worms in his brain and brainwashing him to like brainwash him to have him under his control and later uh bruce tells us that they secrete a a type of like chemical that also makes him vulnerable to suggestion yeah billy batson what is uh captain marvel i believe now they call him shazam they've officially seated captain marvel over to marvel comics yes but shazam is like he's billy batson was a 10 year old he's a 10 year old child who says a magic word and then looks like an adult Uh uh-huh to fight to fight crime yes but the thing is is that like he gets treated like an adult when he's fighting crime because he looks like an adult and everyone kind of doesn't think about it but he is still a child yeah and so um when what happens happens like he's a young man and so he says shazam for the last time and he's i think like supposed to be a teenager so he's young and impressionable and he's seeing all these awful things that are the superhumans are doing that the super people are doing and he he knows that like, while he is treated like just a normal person, he has a super person. He is also a super person and it becomes kind of conflated of like, if super people are bad and I'm a super people, I must be bad. I don't want to be bad. Yeah. And then Lex Luthor scoops him up and is pumping him full of drug worms who are making it so that he can't like rationally think his way out of it because 
you know, when you're a kid, a lot of things are black and white. And then you learn that they're not, it's part Mm -hmm. of growing up and it's, it's keeping him from unable to make those decisions and keeping him suggestible Mm -hmm. because Captain Marvel is the same Captain Marvel is the same level of powerhouse as Superman has always been the same level of powerhouse as Superman. So that reality was kept in balance through like the entirety of the DC's publication history by the fact that he's a child Mm -hmm. and as a child looks up to Superman, Mm -hmm. what do you do when like that child has been compromised and to bring back what like the gulag is doing Mm re-educated. Mm-hmm. So we see that, and then we see the assembly line of bat robots being yeah. made. Lex Luthor is talking to Bruce, and he's very like, <laughs> you and your little robots. Mm-hmm. Robots. I'm here for it. Uh, bring peace and blah, blah, blah. Basically, like, with you, we'll get rid of the metahumans, superhumans, mm-hmm. and then we'll take over. And the, you know, Mankind Liberation Front can seize power. Yep. And Batman's like, I'm not about seizing power, about just stopping the super people. Right. Uh, but then we see like the youth is on their side. The sons and daughters of many of the leagues, leaguers have come to lend support to Batman specifically, to Bruce Wayne specifically. Yeah. It's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. He has cultivated a relationship with a bunch of Gen Xers. I love it. <laughs> uh he's like the cool dad he is he is one of the things that like gets lost in translation a lot with batman is that he's actually really good with kids mm-hmm. like there's a reason he has like eight sidekicks mm-hmm. and that's because like he's he's really good at talking to kids and at mentoring kids he's just he's really good with kids and so he's been going he's been playing the long game like this entire time like superman's been out of commission a lot of the other leaguers have been focusing in on like their one area of specialty batman has been playing the long game this entire time he's been seeing what's happening he's been trying to counter it yes and one of the ways he's been countering it is he's been establishing like a relationship with all of these like younger heroes who might be acting with abandon but they do genuinely want to do good and he's kind of been setting himself up as like a mentor leader figure for them and those are his outsiders right um and then we see Mar this one's a little confusing. Martian? Martian man. Yes, Martian Manhunter is there. Yeah. He's just like he's talking to him and like he's not he's it's not, not okay. what he once was, you know, like he's not super like yeah, he, yeah he's not okay anymore. So he he struggles with his powers. Mm-hmm. And he Batman asks him to verify and he's like, There's too much noise, it's too much. And he's like, It's okay, like it's fine. Like don't even Yeah. I think this is one of the most we get Batman doesn't get depicted as compassionate outside of his own comics very often. Mm-hmm. Like within Batman media, there are versions of him that are very compassionate when there are times like when like the in detective comics and in Batman comics, we get to see that. We don't get to see that in Justice League comics very often. Yeah, he's very like cal- cold and callous and calculating. Yeah, and I think this comic is like, I, I want to attribute this to Mark Wade specifically like as like a big fanboy. Like, I think this is the most, like, compassion. This is one of the most compassionate reads on Batman we get in the context of the Justice League. Because it's him, like, he's not just being cold and calculating. Like, he's being very human and very understanding, like, in how he deals with Martian Manhunter and how he deals with Billy Batson. Like, the way he talks to the kids. He's not coming at it from, like, an authoritarian perspective. Like, he's coming at it as someone who is trying to guide them. Yeah. 
and we see you know he shows and he tells him like it's okay like it's okay you can't help me you've helped me for so long like just go home and take a break and then we see billy and billy's kind of like walking around talking to the new to the outsiders <laughs> and everyone's kind of like he's a little off you know? the boy ain't right <laughs> yeah and so everyone's like kind of put on edge when he's around mm-hmm. and he's even drawn like kind of like Ugh, like i wouldn't want to be around this guy by myself you know yeah he's got a creepy smile mm-hmm. he's got like a like um the attack on titans smile oh god ew <laughs> yes but yes the answer is yes gross okay mm-hmm. so then we go, we flip over we're looking at the justice yep. league in the background we have the romance between ibn and mari grayson okay <laughs> miranda back with the shit <laughs> what you're paying attention to we see this woman in (laughs) i love her so much and i didn't realize that she doesn't talk at all in this no but she looks beautiful in this she looks beautiful and she is constantly in the background doing things yes so she's there Mm -hmm. uh and then after we see that and then we go back and we see superman yeah like germany's clear austria is clear italy uh they're just kind of doing things Mm -hmm. what are they doing they're just kind of there talking and it's the titans all of the former titans are like basically like they're talking about what's happening and they're criticizing it (laughs) because they're like listen i was i was here for the prison but you know those people that we've been putting in there the people that like we're we want to re we want to rehabilitate they're not the same as like that asshole that dropped a building on me and is in like enslaving austria right uh and so you see norman he's kind of like astro projecting he's uh, walking through the crowd and then we see the flash kind of looks at him going some and they explain like oh well he exists in a bunch of different planes so they he just pulls him out of (laughs) where he's at and they're like whoa whoa." (laughs) supergirl's like about to wail on him power power woman oh power woman that's not supergirl um right supergirl is okay she has the other outfit yeah, this is not the red this, outfit. This yes. is not this is Power Woman. She was Power Girl. She is an alternate universe version of Kara uh, Zorel, who is Superman's cousin, Supergirl. Yes. So yes. this is an alternate universe version of her that ended up in our main continuity version, but she is not the same. Okay, all right. So she grabs and she's about to fucking bomb on him, and then Superman grabs her. She's and about then, to kill this old man. Yeah, she, honestly, and she's like, "Why are you here?" And then Superman kind of comes up and confronts him. He's like, "Well," and he's like, "My name." You, well, what do you do? Panic ensues. Like, what? He's just like, I, like, I, I'm right. Have you like, ever had a dream where you and I just and when you and you and he's like, I don't. Yeah, know he's like Madame Trawadi. You're in great danger. Yeah, well, he he does have like a moment of like, they're not going to believe me if I just tell him. And he's like, I have no other recourse. Spectre is no longer here with me. He he tells him like, I'm here. I'm, I have to tell you a vision. Like the Armageddon is happening. It's going to come. Like you need to like prepare. And and all the green grass was burnt up and the sun and the air were darkened. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come imagine this imagine this you're you're in your clubhouse your friend notices that someone has been hiding in the vents pulls them out of the vents and then they start spouting scripture at you Mm -hmm. and then superman's like okay like armageddon doesn't matter to us Mm -hmm. so and then you see dick you said it was dick that's dick that's dick grayson and he's like oh my god we're just came in from the gulag a riot is happening the prison the prisoners have gone berserk surprising no one (laughs) <laughs> except 
maybe Superman. What? Huh? Wow. <laughs> no. Are you saying that these that throwing a bunch of people in forced confinement, saying that you're going to re-educate them and forcibly isn't a good idea? You're saying yes. they don't want to be there? What? <sighs> so crazy. Is you crazy like- girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that time that uh Frederick Wortham went to a child prison and all the boy, all the little boys said that they would rather be home. Who could have predicted? Who could have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Not anybody in this. Uh, Batman was the only one, I guess. Right. And so, <laughs> and Lex Luthor. And Lex because they are, are realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, they're like, oh, shit. And then one of them was like, by whatever means necessary, fuck these fools. We better go berserk on them, too. And, uh, you know, the specter goes to McCoy and he's like, uh, hey, you're done. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm not done yet. Then they're like, where did the old guy go? <laughs> yeah. Go to the UN, right? Mm-hmm. Because now they're concerned about how it affects humans and so they go and tell them and the un's like bro like i don't even know why you're talking to us like you don't even talk to us about anything else like that's cool i guess that you're here but like it's so petty it's so Uh, petty of being like oh oh so now you want to update us now you want our input mm -hmm. oh no your your prison wasn't full of docile people that wanted to be rehabilitated who could have ever guessed idiots and (laughs) so they we cut to Mm -hmm. Lex Luthor and he's like good news (laughs) the gulag's in turmoil (laughs) our plan is yeah and then that's when he unveils the reason why he's been cultivating Billy Batson as his manservant yes because he's going to take out Superman he's going to assassinate Superman and then Bruce punches Billy yep and then he says hello Billy And then, but what was this? Mm-hmm. You've been hoodwinked. Yeah. Lex Luthor. And he's like, wait, no, where's, why are you like trying to stop my plans? And then he's like, you idiot. Why would I ever really, like, I was just using you. <laughs> you, you, you double crossed me. He's like, I learned from you. Ugh. And then someone goes, so can we assume that that's the signal? And they're like, yeah. And we get this badass panel where the, the superhero yep. that looks like a Black Panther jumps across the the board, yep, the table, and just, just like attacks someone, just takes them out. Oh, I loved it. Ambush it was great. And then Billy pushes Batman off. Yeah, and then starts running. Billy's scared. Um, he's running away, scared little boy. And then Luther found you. Blah, yep. blah blah. Oh, Luther found you in the wing. Like he's been like manipulating you. Is what Batman's trying to tell Billy. Yeah. And then Billy's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah. Because he's, he's scared. He's a scared kid. He's He has been stunted. Like, he's been mentally stunted. He's still like that little kid that said Shazam for the last time. Yeah. And then um, Batman's trying to tell him, like, calm down, calm down, calm down. And he says, Shazam, yeah. game over. He's yep. he's uncontrollable at this point. Pretty much just leaves. He They turns out everyone like everyone's in custody all the lex luther like henchmen are all in custody yep and then we boom cut back to wonder woman she's getting her full gear on yeah she's getting the eagle suit yes warrior mm-hmm. princess let's go and then <sighs> she grabs her like super cool weapon mm-hmm. 
and um magic sword yes magic sword for the win superman grabs it <laughs> he cuts himself he's like what the fuck i've never been hurt my entire life uh, <laughs> you got a paper cut for the first and time and then she's like yeah bro it's a magical sword <laughs> She's like, why would you like? He says, like, I'm not going to sh- sanction lethal force mm-hmm. against riders. I'm uneasy with the blade. And she's like, whatever. I can't like carry heat vision. Yeah. She's like, we're not all Superman. Like, I think like she's basically saying that not all of us have like the luxury of being all powerful and invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, some of us have to make the hard choices. Well, because at a certain point, like if you're in a fight and you are not immortal, basically the the risk is your life, yeah. right? When you're in a fight, and for him, it's never he's never really risking his life. No, he's just trying to like no, he's enforce he walks, his his ethics onto people. Yeah, like he walks into every fight with like the understanding that he could kill these people, but he's not going to. Right. Whereas no one really gets into a fight with Superman thinking that they can seriously kill Superman. It's like well, I mean, some people do, but. In this universe, no one does. Mm-hmm. Like yes. it's it's a different stake. Yeah. So we see they kind of argue, and she's like, "Whatever. Like you you can say you have all these rules, but they don't have these rules. So we're just gonna have to fight them the way they're fighting us. So if that means mm-hmm. lethal force, it will be lethal force." Yeah. And then uh, she's like, "This is war." And then he says the he she's like, "It's war." And he's like, "But you can't have a war without people dying." And she just looks at him, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> That's exactly what war is. She's been saying it for the last two issues. You fucking moron. It's, Wonder Woman came in like this. Like, this is not a slow escalation. This has been her from the first page she's introduced in this comic. So she looks at He's him like... He's just catching up. What He's the finally fuck? listening. Yeah, and so she gives him, like, this weird kiss. And it's a goodbye kiss. And then he just, it like... It looks gross it's stupid it he looks gr- like he's he's got like this face like whoa i was not expecting that it's not consent mm-hmm. and so he's left there he flies through breaks the fucking ship mm-hmm. and then as it, i don't know if they can breathe into it breaks through a, well they're all gone anyway they all left oh, okay. with wonder woman and That's he was true. left alone and then he's like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit yeah goes to bruce and he goes to batman he's like i might have did a boo-boo he said i need your help and he's like we already talked about this i'm not gonna help you mm-hmm. he's like shut up i don't have time for your holy than now <laughs> cracks first of all if we're talking about who talks about holier than thou who had like the weird hologram in the prison cells <laughs> right. saying that you're right and i'm you're wrong i'm right fuck you you have to listen what is more holy holier than thou than that but okay whatever she doesn't do so it that way he's pissed he's mad he's telling batman like you're mm-hmm. not above this blah 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 and then batman's like oh so the gulag's not working out right like gulag's entire point is he's like you're not listening like i never said i was above this i've been then, work- i've been here i've been working he tells him you mean to batman tells him you mean to tell me you never imagined it would come to this did you ever consider that a war might be for the best that perhaps humanity's only chance is for the superheroes to swallow each other. And then fucking Superman's like, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. Of course he doesn't. So they have this argument. They keep Mm -hmm. going. This is where Batman tells like, hey, Captain Marvel, Billy is heading to the gulag. Just like, so it's not going to end well when he gets. 
and then they do this funny thing where he's like talking it's a close-up on bruce they fade away superman's gone away uh mid-sentence and then he he leans back he's like that's what that feels like (laughs) he's been doing it to everyone for 40 years it's funny (laughs) it is funny but it's mm, it's mm. yeah so he flies in and he he's flying he's flying he's flying he's flying he gets there mm-hmm. see this like what basically what we kind of see in the beginning in the very first ones where it's all the heroes kind of like fighting each other yep um and then norman because still he's too watching. late yeah shazam breaks open the gulag and now it's war yeah and he gets shot down by shazam yep and then it says armageddon has arrived boom chapter now four chapter four never-ending battle let's go and we see, read now, sorry. I'm like, why won't mm. I go? I have to click to the next issue and it's loading now. There were oh. voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. This was my dream. Da-da-da! And we finally see the silhouetted people unsilhouetted and it's all the heroes fighting each other. Yeah. And we see Norman, he's like, it's just like the visions foretold, like the fight is happening, make it stop. And he's, and uh, Spectre's like, can't take any action, not yep. yet. And he's like, why not? What in God's name has to happen? How much time must pass? Because he's seeing like destruction and death, and it's difficult. Yeah. And then he's like, there has to be a reckoning. Norman's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and yep. then we, we go to Billy and Superman, and they're like hand holding. <laughs> uh yeah, superman's holding him back it's like it's like hockey fighting where it looks like they're hugging but they're just trying to shove each other yes so they're doing uh, 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 we're uh, both strong and then uh billy cross lands across mm-hmm. and superman goes flying because he gets punched and then he we get a um a text box superman believes himself to be the only force on earth powerful enough to end the superhero war he's wrong uh and then we cut to world governments yeah (laughs) and they've got a nuke and they said one nuke and someone said no three nukes because we'll rather end all of the superhumans and whatever collateral damage than have to deal with this shit again yep and they said oh no but okay godspeed let's go yep yep nuclear literally the nuclear option yeah just blow it all up yeah and so we cut back to the super fighting yep it, uh, it's just fighting it looks pretty and cool yeah. mm-hmm. all that and then who comes in batman and the outsiders it's and what so have they come cool. to do not to fight to save lives let's go let's do it uh and it's a really cool once again i mean i can't say it enough it's a really great panel uh so we see batman's legion swords in like a silent cavalry man and machine each agent knows his mission stem the loss of life prevent the riot while there's still time to exert control the sheer force of batman's presence kindles a desperate ember of hope so very powerful and this one says too late (laughs) yep because what is happening uh, Von Bach is about to crush uh, Zatan, mm-hmm. the son of Zatanna. Mm-hmm. And so Wonder Woman pales him. Kills him. On sword. Yep. And then 666 is like, did you see? She killed him. Get her. And then um, yeah. you know, Diana's like, well, I had no choice. 
Yep. And Batman's like lecturing her. And she's like, why would you do that? <laughs> and, <he's> like, <laughs> and she's just like, I will not be lectured by you. Yeah. And then she's like, how dare you condemn me? I will not be judged. Do you hear me? Do you understand? And then, uh, you know, they kind of turn on each other starting to fight. And they go far up in the air. And this is a really, really pretty panel. So they're up in the air above the clouds. You see the clouds kind of on horizon line. Batman looks gorgeous. And uh, he's in an all black seal suit. And Wonder Woman's in an all gold suit. And it just, Mm -hmm. it looks beautiful. And then they're like, you know, she's like, pissed off talking shit to him and then they look over and they see the warheads the warheads coming right yep and they're both like oh shit uh and you see we come back we're back on the floor Mm -hmm. and um superman and captain marvel are fighting each other and like stop 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 it everybody stop and they're like no fight 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 yep he keeps shazamming him yeah it's so (laughs) it is kind of funny i I feel like i shouldn't laugh but he is smiling he's like shazam (laughs) like it's just it's such a little kid thing (laughs) like of like i found the one move in the video game that works i'm gonna keep doing it keep mashing that button yes he has the cheat code yes uh and shazam very dramatic panel fight 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 shazam another dramatic panel yeah in the background we see my favorites yep mari grayson and also dick grayson he's been injured she's upset because that's her dad she flies Mm -hmm. him out yes uh and then we go back to wonder woman and batman and this is where batman's like do you not understand that we live with humans right if we continue this trajectory like they're gonna choose the nuclear option you genius they always do like you're not giving them a choice (laughs) yeah and then she's like it clicks i think Mm -hmm. Because then he's like, if that's what you want, then we will keep fighting and let them fucking kill the kill everybody. And then, you know, she's like, no, I don't want that. So they yeah. go and attack the, they take down two of the planes, but there's three. Yeah, it's it's very much like, because they're the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they're the Trinity. So Batman takes one plane, Wonder Woman takes the other. The third plane is for Superman to stop. Does yeah. he stop it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, he does not. Nope. No, it's he's still fighting with Shazam. Yeah, and he's like he's getting his ass. He like his nose is bleeding, his ears are bleeding. Shazam's like standing over him, looking mm-hmm. powerful. He says Shazam, and then um, he Batman just grabs him, grabs him by the face, and he turns. He does it. He and like in a moment, he turns back to Billy. He's no longer Captain Marvel. Yeah. So he's holding he's a vulnerable. human with the force of Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But as that's happening, he hears the missile. Mm-hmm coming down and he really he analyzes it like a computer he am he's, he's a robot he analyzes it like, and realizes how destructive the the missile is right again again first time first time in this comic book he's actually listening yeah right and then you know mm-hmm. the bomb and then norman's like oh my god and then this is where we get specter and specter's like this is why you're here you're going to judge this yep this is your job and norman's like whoa Whose fault is it whoa who deserves to die this is too much responsibility all happening at once oh my god my nerves cannot handle this and norman's like me and he's like you are the soul that guides me judge carefully and he's like how can i okay and then they get to this like this realization where like superman it seems like superman also like has he gives it to billy because he's like you're Mm -hmm. the only one that can make this decision for me billy you are a human and a superhuman you can judge this and it's so yeah. mean to put that on him. I think. 
this poor this boy. poor guy who just needs help yeah and he yeah. basically says like okay billy this is your decision i'm gonna go stop that warhead if if you think that i should stop that warhead don't stop me but if you think that i shouldn't stop me yeah and he billy cries yeah and he takes his answer and he tells him do you decide you decide and billy says shazam Man. and he turns into marvel and flies up grabs uh superman by the ankle throws him down and he stops the world war warhead i he doesn't stop it well he it's yeah he detonates it but he detonates it above what's happening so mm-hmm. that like instead of everybody dying it's only some of them dying yeah so he goes up he sacrifices himself yeah he kind of mitigates how much how much damage it doesn't land on earth yeah um and then judgment yes and we see these panels uh it's bad it's just bones of the superheroes that were fighting and superman's the only thing really in color Mm -hmm. um in agony screaming at the air and what does he do he gets up his eyes are glowing red he flies to un the un and he's about to unleash Mm -hmm. a can of whoop ass on all these people who have technically i mean they made the decision but you know they're regular humans yeah and so norman has to come in and play um lawyer (laughs) like it's they're they're scared they are terrified and the thing is is that like that's kind of where the disconnect is with superman because he has lost sight of humanity of he doesn't understand that like they were acting because they were afraid because they do not have power when it comes to like a person next to a super person the super person has the power in that dynamic Mm -hmm. it's not the same and so super people were making decisions for humanity and it was awful and it was leading to mass death and casualties mm-hmm. and destruction and like yes they believed in this in the justice league once upon a time but then the justice league came back and they were still making decisions for humanity and it was still leading to death and destruction mm-hmm. and so they were it was an over it was a reaction it was reactionary mm-hmm. and it was awful and it was ugly but it was a position that they felt that they had been put into and that's what superman isn't understanding is that it wasn't done it wasn't done out of malice it was done out of fear out of a mm-hmm. very genuine fear of like well like you guys are heavy-handed what can we do against you except wipe you out right and so you know norman mm-hmm. kind of illustrates like you don't understand these things everything miranda just said mm-hmm. and he tells him like you need to make a decision as a man and make a right decision um, and he calms him down he doesn't like destroy the building on top of these people and then what we end up learning is that there were survival survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Lantern helped. Like he put up a shield, right? And it helped yeah. save some of them. And it's the ones that we had been seeing, like the main players, like the clown girl and Green Lantern, like the main Justice League, Justice League. Not everyone died. And uh, yeah. Superman was under the impression that everybody died. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like, he's like, how many? And then Batman's there just being like, I mean, enough enough people live i didn't count the bones clark i'm sorry i didn't take attendance before i came here he's basically saying like we have there's the same potential for the exact same problem as we were dealing with before the bomb like the bomb isn't going to fix this we need to decide how we're going to go moving forward yeah and so he chooses life and they go and fly up the flag they make a flag and they yep. fly it with the UN UN flags. Oh, it's um, it's Captain Marvel's cape. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't make out what it was. That's that's what it is. It's his weird, stupid side cape. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you just died. But okay. <laughs> uh to be okay. Um, one of the things that like you're not going to get reading this, but you get if you read like the supplemental stuff, mm-hmm. is that um Captain Marvel has an entire extended like family of superheroes around him, like mm. Mary Marvel. Like there's Mary Marvel and there is like Captain Marvel Jr. And there's a bunch of other Marvels mm-hmm. and most of them sided with Superman. Like they've been with the Justice League this whole time. Okay. And so they also ha- have the, his weird tassel cape. cape. Okay. Weird golden white tassel cape. So we <laughs> so see. It might've been one of theirs. Who knows? Oh, whatever. <laughs> symbolically it's theirs. Yeah. And symbolically so the super, the superhero mm-hmm. people. And so yeah. we see Spectre and Norman, they walk out and then we see time has moved on healing has begun we see that batman has now turned into instead of like he he's like a hospital basically and the bats yeah. are white now <laughs> nurses yeah he built a hospital he built a super people hospital mm-hmm. and um you know he's he's mm-hmm. doing good yeah you know he's he's got all of the bad guys wearing inhibitor collars and they're helping with yeah. the convalescence it's, funny. it's great he passes by he's an asshole so he passes by lex luther and he says shazam so shut up <laughs> we see your faves ah, mari and dick grayson yes and they're dick has reconciled with bruce yeah <laughs> they're always fighting yeah yes. and yep. across the sea we see that diana has regained her heritage and mm-hmm. her princessness um, and then there's new alliances that are beginning, um, which is like the UN and the superheroes. Cause that's, I think that's what they ended up deciding. Like, okay, we'll just all work together now. Like we're not gods. We're just yeah. here to help you. Yeah. It's- you guys make the decisions for humanity. We will no longer make those decisions. Well, it's, it's not one or the other. Like it's the civil, the, the civil war movies, like the Marvel civil war movies, not the actual event that we read. That was not this mm-hmm. at all. Okay. Um, it's, it's makes the argument that like, that that the world that governments should control superheroes mm-hmm. justice league makes the argument that superheroes should do whatever they're going to do regardless mm-hmm. and what this is is it's in between is this it's this they're working with humanity and so it's both of them talking together to go to make decisions making decisions moving forward instead of together. one or the other right okay so they do that uh and yep. then only one of them works alone it's superman he makes a big memorial for all those that have fallen yeah it's a Civil uh, War memorial with all the white headstones. Yeah. And we see... Wonder Woman comes. Mm-hmm, in an all red outfit. Yep. She says, quite a memorial. He says, as it should be. And then he's like, let them rest, call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's she presents him a gift. And it's his glasses. So he takes back being Clark yep. and Superman, I guess. And yeah. then they kiss. And this is less creepy of a kiss than the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And she says, take care. Yep. And then he's farming. Yeah. Because he's got a giant, a giant, I don't know, what's that called? Plow? Plow. Yeah. He has a giant plow. He's yoked himself to it. Yeah. His dog is there. I love the dog. (laughs) Best character. Uh, It's like Batman, then the dog. Yeah. (laughs) We've got got an order. Yeah. And so now Norman's like, I'm looking at you, Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> he like calls him out. Yeah. He's like, you said you lost your human soul, but you used to be a human. 
what would be his perspective because the specter asks like so who was right who was wrong mm-hmm. and then he he turns it and asks like you know what i'm tired of answering all these questions specter why don't you answer the question and then he's like well you watched the titans walk the earth and you have kept stride perhaps it's more like them perhaps you are more like them than you realize um and then he tells him you exist to give hope norman exists to give hope and then he's back he's you know doing another sermon and the specter is sitting in the audience yeah and then that's the end of the event and And then then we we have an epilogue (laughs) one One year year later later, what's up they walk into what the best restaurant (laughs) yep and who walks in clark and diana yeah and it's a superman with really long hair yeah that's their server that's the host host yes uh and then they walk in and and clark's Mm -hmm. like this is really weird it's unsettling and she's like this is not a church like it's just a gimmick get over it (laughs) get over yourself yeah they're getting uh lunch with batman Mm -hmm. and they're having a conversation and who the fuck okay who ordered disgusting so we they're like what do you want to drink and uh diana says water batman goes coffee coffee and then what the fuck does superman uh superman orders milk Milk. no it's everything that's wrong with superman it's just it's just another thing it didn't eat uh (laughs) it's like milk disgusting (laughs) so yep they're there blah 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 uh, they're kind of nervous like i think superman was a little nervous like they're gonna identify us they're like literally not but okay no and then we get a robin who's their server Bruce <laughs> is like of course we got a robin <laughs> he's like what do you recommend and then they said that the t- today's special is power girl chicken sandwich the cut breasts and i recommend dial h for hoagie <laughs> it's like what the fuck is this restaurant it's a gimmick <laughs> It's all a gimmick. Uh, so they they place their orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce is my favorite. He says a steak, and then the Robin's like says like the stupid name, and then he's yeah. like a steak well done, and then someone gets a salad. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it isn't great. Yeah, it's we can criticize their foods, but <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So they're eating, they get their food. It's not well, mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a steak well done. So Superman like well done it. He cooks it. And then they're like, we have an announcement, Diana says. And then he's oh, like, God. well done meat is disgusting. Where, well. It, it kills the flavor of the meat. It does, but you know, he's Batman. He do whatever he wants. Right. It's black like his soul. Ugh. Black like his cape. Yes. <laughs> like his cowl um so yeah. she says we have something to announce and fucking batman ruins it he says you're pregnant <laughs> and they're like whoa how did you know <laughs> she's like well you know they're like the perfect specimens of a woman and you put on like a pounder so you must be pregnant like what the fuck i i he's there's other things there's other things that's just the first thing he says yes. but um, also the fact that like they were trying to be like deliberately subtle because they're because one woman's like yeah i'm gonna surprise that asshole <laughs> like, she deserves it yeah (laughs) he's got one thing he's got one thing he's good at all right yeah that's true he he can't stop bullets he's not faster than a speeding train all right he's got one thing he's good at he's got the he's got the power of observation true so he they ask him like hey can you be the godfather and he's like well i don't have a great tracker with kids but i'm sure if you want to like i've got i've got two dick who didn't talk to me for 10 years 
and Ibn, who I just met like a week ago. <laughs> so I'm doing great. And uh, she's like, yeah, but you know, like you have a different like uh, out view of the world. And I think that'd be really important for our kid to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay. And then we see as they're, they have their meal and, and then she's like, so it's settled. She's like, yeah. And they're walking out. And then who do we see there? Norman and the Spectre. Yeah. And who notices him? Batman. Of course he does. It's his one skill. His one yeah. talent. Yeah. Also, um, I want to draw our attention. Where is it? Where is it? I saw it earlier. There it is. Okay. We're going to go back a couple of pages. You see that panel right there uh-huh. um, in the background. Mm-hmm. That's Marky Mark and Alex. Oh, that's so cute in the back. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. That's <laughs> so, awesome. I just wanted to point it out. That's great. Uh, yeah. So they say, yeah, and they're walking out. Yeah. And they yeah. just, you know, finish we- out the comic that way as being buddies. Let's go home and dream about the future. Yep. And that's the comic. So- yeah. Miranda, would you recommend this book? Fuck yes. <laughs> no thoughts. Just no yes. thoughts. Yes. Yes. No notes. I, no notes. All right. It is aged well, I think. Yes, it has. It's great. It's a great meditation mm-hmm. on superheroes. I fucking love this book. It's great. Make um, Mari Grayson canon. Okay. What about you? That's our platform. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I would absolutely recommend this book. As you said, fuck yes. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's well-written. There's not a lot of fluff. We talked about it for a long time because we were just like nerding out about it, but it doesn't take a long time to read it. I 10 out of 10 recommend just buy the book. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, absolutely. What else do we do at the end? Um, uh, do you have a happy thing? I... Uh, yeah, I went to a birthday party yesterday. That was fun. That's fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. How about you? Uh, this is going to sound like um, I bought a Batman nightlight. I love it. It's, a, it's one of those ones where it projects like bat symbols all over the ceiling. That's so cute. And it has it changes color. I love, I love it so much. That's it was $3 at Target. Amazing. <laughs> it was totally amazing. worth it. It was amazing. Like it just, I just... I have an empty room and so I set it up in there and I just sat and watched it last night. Aw, that's cute. All right, y'all. So so much joy. That's great. Um, What are we reading next week, Miranda? Well, next week we are going to be reading the crossover between the Uncanny X-Men and the new Teen Titans. Woo! That sounds fun. Yeah, because... I'm excited. Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Fuck. I did not pull it up. Hold on. Just... So I don't find the wrong one. I don't. I think there's only one, but I can look it up. Hold on. As Miranda's looking that up, uh, if you care to find me on the internet, my handle is on TikTok and Instagram, or Orchata Chica. I draw. That's basically what I do. I'll post memes on Instagram. If you want to contact the Sidekicks, please email us at the Sidekicks at gmail.com. Capital T H E capital S. E-I-D capital K-I-C-K-S at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram under the same name. Um, I've been posting more frequently now because I finally logged in. So check it out. We fixed the Apple bug. It ended up just being user error. Whoops. But now you can leave a five-star review if you'd like and we'll read it on air. Mm -hmm. Um, We will read read them on air. We'll read funny reviews on air. We will do it. Um, Yes share this share this podcast with your friends we appreciate Family. it kidnap them go on a road trip listen to our back catalog 
Yes. Um, I guess another happy thing is that we hit over 100 listens. So, oh my God, we did? Yeah, we were at 106. I checked it before uh, we hopped on today. So the Daredevil one is our yeah. most popular one. Flip, what? Flip, flip, flip. Yeah. It, 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 surpa- it surpassed uh, Batman? By one listen. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So um yeah miranda where can the people find you well if you'd like to reach out to me directly i am dynamite miranda on tiktok i am your friendly neighborhood amateur batman historian i talk about comic books feel free to give me a follow or at least a watch or two if you are interested in such things uh remember that is dynamite miranda dino is in dinosaur mighty is in mighty mouse miranda that's my name don't wear it out yep and we are going to be reading um Marvel and DC presents the Uncanny X-Men and the New Teen Titans. It was published in 1982, written by Chris Claremont. Awesome. All right. That's it for this week, everyone. Yeah. Have a good, de- have a good December 1st. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Clicking a button. We don't have an outro song. So while I fumble to stop the recording, I sing a little song.